We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience presented by DraftKings. Week one picks against the spread. Game previews, a cussed corner many. And since it's the beginning of the year and we are not yet eliminated from Survivor, we got our Survivor picks at the end of the show. As well, you can always use the time codes to figure everything out. And here's what I need you to do. I need you to smash the like button to the episode. I need you to subscribe to Mayo Media Network. In the comment section, what I need you to do is give me your favorite pick of the week against the spread. I want to see where the people are going towards this week. If you missed my show with Rob Pozzola that came out on Sunday, I highly recommend you go check it out. Well, the picks on this show, not always the greatest. That is a great primer for the season. Rob is going to be joining myself and Cam Stewart every single Friday on the Pat Mayo Experience this year. Rob's a pro sports better, and he breaks down a lot of very complicated ideas as it pertains to football betting and really explains them really well and what you should be doing, at least here are the traps not to fall into. It's more of a strategy show, so whether you're super advanced, you're an intermediate, or a complete beginner, there's stuff in there for everyone. So please go check out that show right now. And subscribe to Fantasy Football Picks and Bets. That's running every day. Pete Overzet's got his week one breakdown up. Lauren Carpenter's got waiver wire pickups for week one. Streamable players. So there's a ton going on at Mayo Media Network. And just to spice it up a little bit for you, I got some cash to give away right now as well. Well, I'm going to be giving away on this show next week. And if you want to know... This show will be airing on Wednesday mornings when it's not week one. So in week two, week three, week four, all the way through week 18 in the playoffs, Wednesday mornings for the spread pick show. But right now, if you just hit the description, you'll find all of this stuff down here. But for the cash giveaways, you need to subscribe to Mayo Media Network. Boom, that gives you a ballot in the draw. But the big ballot is going to be to subscribe to the free newsletter that's down there as well, uh, the Substack Mayo Media newsletter, where there'll be more giveaways in there. And the big one that earns you the most ballots in the draw, subscribe to the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave a five-star review, something you like about the show 
in your Twitter handle or email address if you do those things. Even if you've left a review before, just get yourself back up to the top of the list by doing that. And I got, I mean, it's $1,000 right now. The more reviews that we get, the higher that prize pool is going to be. So some cash in your pocket for literally doing 36 seconds worth of work. That's good ROI. I mean, you can't even collect like the CERB or unemployment and get that much money per hour. So you probably want to be going to do that. Joining me on the line, it's Jeff Feinberg. Not in studio, on the line with me. What's going on? Week one, Pat, it all is here. The slowest week of the year is upon us, at least for me. The offseason, you know, while I crave it, while I need it, uh, you know, it happens. I cannot believe we're already into September. This week, in and of itself, is the slowest week of the year. It does not move. I need Sunday at 1 p.m. Well. Sunday at 1 p.m. will move at exactly the same amount of time as it does every single week. We got thir- I beg to differ. We got Thursday. Hey, we just had an off week. We never. Ha- I actually quite enjoyed this like preseason, regular season, bye week. I am all for this. I agree. The new layout into the season, while I'm sure we'll be confused with verbiage and win records, you know, we'll get more comfortable. I did enjoy how week four preseason just totally replaced um, with a bye week. Totally agree. Yeah, I'm 100% in on that. Makes content very easy. Makes doing our fantasy drafts easy because it's not like, oh, God. Now, are anyone going to play in week four? Do we have to wait for them if they get hurt or not? No, not anymore. We just have to see who gets COVID and who doesn't. And then that only really applies to week one. Feinbolt, the Jeff Feinberg Chargers only show, is going to debut on Mayo Media Network this week as well. You can download that on the Daily Fantasy Sports Picks and Bets, The Mix feed uh, another show from mayo media network but you can always watch the video up here what do you got in store for this week oh it's just it's it's week one we're just gonna talk about it, i mean expectations and disappointment so there's like pre pre-week one is strictly expectations disappointment and since we're playing the redskins pat survival survival i think is important plug your nose and survive this one yeah, it's not like we're not going to talk about the Chargers game, but if you need to see Jeff break down, like, what happened at a press conference and how mad he is this week, then that's exactly where you want to be. RunTheSims.com as well. If you need the tools for daily fantasy, for betting, uh, there's premium tools, there's free tools. I recommend everyone go check it out uh, down in the description or just go to RunTheSims.com. And if you want that discount on the premium tools, RunTheSims.com slash Mayo to get all of that. I've been having a lot of fun with the player prop tool where it runs a simulation 10,000 times, gives you a chart of where their receptions are going to be for a week, where their yardage is going to be, where the passing completions are going to be, and gives you the medium projection and compares that with the actual VIG on the odds that comes out. It's actually a super helpful tool, but enough of us. We need to get to the rest of the team. Guess who's here? If you miss the AFC or NFC win total show, you might not know that Coin 2.0 is in the game right now, a brand new coin. Well, it's like the, it's like an evolution of a coin. It's like you were playing Pokemon or something for like three years, and your guy got upgraded. He evolved, and that's what the coin is going to be, obviously. Heads, the Pat Mayo head, is for home. The Mayo Media Network, Tails, is for away as the coin goes and picks the games because it has a, I mean, I don't know if it's a tough competition this year, but it is going to try to beat once again in the pick'em pool for the season. Tim Undergust! Tim Undergust. That's not my name. And I beat the coin last year, so I don't know what you mean by once again. Like, I've got a bit of a heater going against the coin. What would you say is your lifetime record against the coin in terms of seasons won and seasons lost? I believe I've won more often than I've lost. You have not. 
I think that's not true. It's six to, no, sorry, it's four to three for the coin right now in the seven years that we've done this. All right, fine, whatever. I don't like that new coin. Very arrogant. It's too shiny for you? Very shiny. All right. Well, I suppose we should get into the games. It's week one. Let's do it. Thursday night football. Dallas Cowboys, who you got at the reigning (laughs) Super Bowl champions, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The line has now moved up to minus eight with the news. Zach Martin has COVID and will not play in this game. So a half point swing for one of the best offensive linemen in the league. It's funny that offensive linemen now are more respected by the books than running backs are when it comes to points. 51 and a half is the over under. This is... I'd be very curious to know this, Jeff, and maybe you actually know the answer. I suppose I could shoot out uh, something to my pals at DK Sportsbook. All lines are from DK Sportsbook, by the way. I don't have a promo code for DK Sportsbook, but the Dogger Pass UFC podcast does uh, on the network. So if you use code DOP and like you don't have a DraftKings Sportsbook like account yet, uh, if you bet $1 on any week one NFL game, they'll just give you $200. So... I recommend that you do that. It's a good deal. Uh, Jeff Pizzola and I talked about that on the on the Sunday show. Like, just take advantage of every sportsbook offer you can get. Like, they're giving Tim will claim he gives you free money. They're actually giving you free money, so you might as well take advantage. But is this the most bet on game of the year besides the Super Bowl? Um, I th- I think it's bet on like a playoff game, like a wild card weekend game, maybe even to the extent of the divisional round. But no, I don't think it's the most bet on game of the year. No. I thought it would probably end up being up there solely because we've waited so long for football to bet on, and now it's here, and it's an island game, and you know this one's going to have Brady, it's going to have the Cowboys. Like it's, they, they really did a good job in pumping up at least the ratings for this one. You're making very good points as to why this doesn't feel like maybe a typical um, Thursday night f- uh, football opener, despite so many of them having Brady and a banner. You just sprinkle a little cowboy and Dak return dust onto it and and you you know what you're probably right and the simple fact that i said a thursday nighter in september will probably be bet on like a playoff game means it's probably one of like the two biggest regular season bet games of the year (laughs) so i suppose we should get to the coin first and see what the coin has to say before we the coin is taking that heads is taking tampa bay against the spread Minus eight. Tim, you successfully at the beginning of the year called the Tampa Bay Buccaneers the Super Bowl champion. So credit to you. So the floor is yours. Who are you taking in this game? I absolutely adore Tampa Bay in this game against the number and the money line. It's I mean, not only is it really, really hard to win on the road at the Super Bowl champion. Dallas just doesn't have the ability to hang with Tampa. I don't think I think this is sort of a mismatch. I think the risk for the networks here is this game could be out of hand pretty early because yeah, I mean, Dallas has some glitz and glamor on the offensive side of the ball, but that defense is just not good. And I think it's going to be very difficult for Dallas to stop all those weapons for Tampa in this game with that crowd being fired up. Uh, Tampa being hundred percent vaccinated means we are very unlikely to see any sort of COVID problems for Tampa going into week one. I am very excited for the Buccaneers in this game, and they are the first part of a five-team money line par- uh, free money parlay this week. So is it a? So it's not a teaser. It's a money line. Parlay. I have a teaser and a money line parlay for the people. It's week one uh, to celebrate week one and to celebrate a card that has a ton of value on it. If you have eyes to see it, I'm giving the people a free money teaser and parlay for for week Ooh. one, and so they're on the teaser and they're on the parlay. 
we're teasing them down six points and we're taking the uh we're, we're putting them on the money line parlay too so six point teaser to minus two for tampa bay to kick off the week so oh, this will be fun you'll when Tampa Bay doesn't win and they just straight up lose to Dallas on Thursday night, and then you win the rest of the games on the money line and the teaser, you're going to be like, well, I, I won. Look at Sunday. I, I now have this goes. I've seen the story before. <laughs> I don't think that's what I'm going to do. But You literally would come in letting us know had you made the ticket for Sunday only, <laughs> you were a winner. Well, if that's the case, then it would be true. Like, I mean, I'm sure people in my situation would just double down again on the Sunday game. So chase it so jeff how much do you think this looks like the super bowl in terms of getting after the quarterback because they were already down on the offensive line although it seems like leal collins is going to end up playing but losing martin's huge just losing anyone against this pass rush is going to be huge that is dak gonna have enough time to throw the ball because i agree with him that the defense is horrible in dallas but i don't really think that makes a difference when you're not asking them to win outright you're asking them to lose by seven and a half or less uh, if you want to get a win on this because I think the offense is going to be good enough to put up points whether it's garbage time points or whether it's points throughout the game that I think that Dallas is going to score and that would really lean me towards the plus eight all offseason I thought I would be taking Dallas in this game taking those points uh you know just Dak being back um you know nothing to do with the long season outlook thinking Dallas might actually put a wrench in this great run of, I want to say banner winners, like literally having an amazing opening night record. Um, but Dallas just has a lot of questions. I'm really not comfortable with this game, with this bet. It's one of the harder ones for me on the card. Ironically, it's the first game up. It's a TV game. Things the opposite of the Rob Pozzola NFL smart breakdown betting show is <laughs> It's a TV game. It's the first game. Feinberg's got to bet it. Make a pick, pal. Uh, so on top of that, I th there's just so many question marks between Dak's health, in my opinion. Is he 100%? And the Dallas defense. I think the linebackers can make plays at all three levels. But if there's a quarterback who's just going to be able to figure out on this inexperienced Dallas team, in my opinion, in the moment, it's, it's, it's Brady in Tampa. I fear the back door by Dallas late. This is honestly like a legitimate no bet. If it was in a TV game, I, I, I don't like that. This is where we're starting. I have such a weird feeling and the game in and of itself is such a tease. I need not even the chargers. I need the whole slate, Pat, that not, I think it's nine, one o'clock games. I wish it was a couple less, but the whole slate, the whole slate, this Thursday nighter, it's like going to a strip club and then having to go home and relieve yourself after it's just a tease. <laughs> You're going to the wrong strip clubs, my man. You need to get on the better. I don't. Ones. Yeah, I don't want to. I can listen. I don't need that either, to be honest. No, we we leave that. Like, to old, I know no, hold on, hold on. We get that. Here, I don't need it. I don't know. I don't know where you need to get it, but we do have an expert on this. Timmy Tugs, where do you go? <laughs> oh, please don't let that's vile. Let's move on. I'm going to take Dallas against the number. Uh, Jeff, you're taking Tampa, you said? Yeah, very un uncomfortably. Yeah, I don't know if this, I mean, I'll probably end up betting it because like you, I can't help myself. I'm going to be watching the game. 
I think that if you do take Dallas, that you probably parlay it with the over just to go just to go along with it, because I don't see a situation where Dallas covers the eight unless the Tampa offense is just all out of sorts, kind of like they were at the very beginning of last year. But they're already through that process after being a year in. I would expect them to be clicking as long as Dak is completely healthy, which by all accounts, he seems like he is unless they're really hiding something from us. If he is fine. Like I said, I don't think that they're going to have problems scoring. They're just going to have more problems stopping Tampa from scoring the entire time. And that's what we saw with Dallas all last year, too, when Dak was healthy. Like, scoring points was never a problem for them. <laughs> no, they just couldn't stop anybody. Remember that Browns game was a track meet because they couldn't stop anyone because the defense is not good. And you go up against this cadre of receivers and Brady uh, – with the Buccaneers having an interesting, innovative offensive play caller and the Cowboys having the opposite of that, it's just everything stacks up against Dallas. I think the last time I can remember a team with a banner losing was actually Brady's Patriots when the Chiefs destroyed them on a Thursday night. But beyond that, uh, it doesn't happen very often. Didn't the, this is a ri- yeah, yeah, but w- winning and losing is different than covering and not covering because I believe Atlanta covered against Philly in the opening night game like three years ago or whatever it was. That could be. I don't recall. Usually, Atlanta usually played well in primetime games, so I wouldn't be surprised. Honestly, this is a real tough one. I'm already debating uh, a flip-flop. On the simple no, then we need to move that, on. Don't allow no, Jeff to flip-flop on the first game. No, I'm not flip-flopping, but I'm just saying, like, there's so many things. We want to, you know, talk about what Brady has done for this team and, and the mindset, but there was a mindset in New England with so many great teams that we're just better than you over this now 17-game season. Not to say New England ever thought they had a September mulligan or two, but well, they, they did. But they, of... were, they did. They were taping games, so they kind of did have a mulligan to start the year. Okay, sure, fine. They were taping games, and that's why they won. Um, but but we always seen the Patriots start sluggish and sluggish. And this was a veteran Tampa team that, you know, despite my lack of belief in them, I acknowledge this was a team prime to peak later, as they were sort of finding their their footing early wouldn't shock me at all again. And, and there's not even like a Drew Brees Saints hype situation happening in the division anymore. Would not be shocked um, for any result in this game, but I'm just rolling with the banner and the number. Yeah, the only one I feel comfortable with is that there will be a lot of points in this game. I don't know if Dallas can, can keep up with all the points that Tampa is going to score, but I think that's probably going to be the lean for a lot of people. It's like bet the over, which probably means it's going to be like that. What is it? The... Clemson Georgia game on the weekend it was be 10-7 or 10-3 I loved it 10-3 I mean I didn't watch it so I, I just saw the score I was like that seems low for a college football the game. opposite of the ND game did they end up did ND end up winning in overtime 38-35 very good Tim it must be a really good team if they're taking unranked opponents to to overtime no, 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 they were in Tallahassee against Florida State <clears throat> no no give me who free shoe university yeah they're great though I heard that what is this 2002 Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Next game. Main event coming up early here, Jeff. New York Jets at the Carolina Panthers with Super Bowl Sam Darnold at quarterback. The line is minus five and a half. It seems kind of large. Forty-five and a half is the total in this game. 
Tim, before we get to you and your insane Jets rants, um, and again, if people miss the AFC or NFC win total show, I highly recommend you go check those out. Smash the like button, everything like that. But Jeff, the 7-Eleven challenge is coming up. You have to get into it this week. I suppose you can get into it next week if you really wanted to, but you'd be five picks behind it. Are you going to do this with me and Tim and yeah. all the other hosts and the viewers out there? What people need to do, the 7-Eleven challenge is we're running a season-long props contest. You pick five props a week on prizepicks.com, and you have to make your entry for $7 and 11 cents that way it triggers that you're actually in the mayo media network pool so if you haven't done that yet hit the description uh and you can get the link that goes right to it or go to prizepicks.com use code mmn so for the year over 18 weeks that equals around 130 dollars so if you just deposit 65 dollars right now with our bonus you get up to a hundred dollar bonus but you still get the 65 if you want to deposit 65 dollars code mmn they'll give you 65 dollars and you can play against me cust and jeff in the props contest every single week i'm gonna wipe the fucking floor with you guys in this by the way you might you I'm might but i'll tell you i that. love i love price picks so this is easy for me i'm already heavily invested in that site i love making my weekly multi-sport tickets or for this you know contest all these football props and i'll get this i'll get this banger going i'll cut tim off he can have his rant well, uh sam darnold to the over everywhere on my seven tickets um to start week one pat yeah, so you make five. Matt Rule is going to Matt Rule is if I could make a bet on on Sam Darnold like most passing yards week one like that sort of prop, that is where my head is at. Uh, a deep receiving core, a head coach who who is a players coach who's an offensive guy. I think Carolina gets going with a bang at Tim's expense at his old friend. But this is a win win. If the Jets want to win, if Zach looks great. I'll never be happier to, to join Tim next week to chat about it. So, Tim, as a part of the 7-Eleven challenge, uh, this is this is noteworthy for you. Because first prize, like, it's, it's, you play your $7.11 every week. You win at the end of the year. You get 3000 bucks. I think it's 1500 1000 But you also get, I mean, maybe I should put the coin in to make some picks. Because you get money. You get a prize for coming directly in the middle. However, Tim, this one is very important to you. If you play all 18 weeks and you come in dead last, you actually win money. <laughs> Which is, like you said, almost as impressive as winning to finish dead last. You, you'll probably end up having to put my picks in for me because you know what I'm like with the internet. But we'll get picks is such an easy site. No, we'll, we'll get like, we'll, we'll get you an easier site. We'll get your designated. Uh, we'll get your designated internet helper friend that we have for you. Your your assisted yeah, living I'm friend, and he can do the picks for you. Uh, can put my picks in for me. Yes. Well, also the the big thing is like I do all my DraftKings research for the week, and this is just so translatable over to that. So I'm like I'm running running the Sims, I'm running the optimizer, I'm running the player props tools. Like basically, all I'm doing is just going into run the Sims and putting in the prize picks like over under lines on the props, and then comparing them with the DK Sportsbook. Uh, uh, like player prop odds just be like oh what are the biggest differences that's going to be my strategy so i mean you can copy it if you want we'll see how successful i am with it but again the full details are in the description i uh, just click the link and boom but again prizepicks.com mmn to get into that pool tim i'm kind of digging the jets here to cover the number yeah so i agree a lot with what jeff said about the panthers offense i would agree with him in dk you should be stacking mccaffrey and darnold this week you are out of your mind if you don't it's a great stack uh, I expect the, both those guys to have a ton of points. The Jets' defense has problems, uh, and I expect this over to easily sail over the 45 and a half. I, I think this is going to be a shootout game. Uh, I think it's very high scoring, both teams in the 30s, sort of thing. Like, that's the type of score I expect. Uh, you know, Darnold knows this defense 
as well as he could. He pr- played against it in practice for years. What? What? Even de- though it's hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I gotta, I gotta stop you there. What defense? The Jets' defense. Yeah, they don't have one. I think they retired. Well, it's not much of one. They attempt something. Uh, Sala will have some interesting schemes. I expect he'll do the best he can with what he has. But the defense is just—it's got. We have a couple of pass rushers, but the Jets' defense has problems. But on the other side, we've got the preseason MVP. We have Corey <laughs> Davis. We have Elijah Moore. We have Ty Johnson. We have Michael Carter. We've got some players on the offensive side of the ball. I like Croft quite a bit, although I don't know how much he's going to play. I think the Jets will probably be in four wide receiver sets more often than not. Well, Crowder, have a lot well, of Cr- Crowder may or may not play because he's on the COVID that's, list as well. Yeah, I don't expect Crowder to play, but that's fine. Moore will step in perfectly. You'll have Mims. You have Davis. You have you, you have all kinds of options there for the Jets. Plus, you've got the, the running backs. Uh, and like I said, we've got the preseason MVP, and he was the guy who was Facebook's or sorry, Twitter's NFL Twitter's background photo on their official page for like two weeks. So they, they sort of know the the sort of star they're dealing with. So I expect a very very high scoring game, uh, but the Jets are going to cover the number, and the Jets we're going to tease them up. They're the first leg of a five team money line teaser, or sorry, a free money teaser. They're not going to hold, hold on. How many teasers are you playing now? So we have Tampa as the first leg. Is this a new teaser that we're playing? This is the same teaser. Sorry. It's the second leg. It's oh. the second. Oh, okay. Sorry. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Sorry. They're the second leg of the, of the, of the teaser. They're not on the parlay. They're on the teaser. So you're, you're teasing them up to 11 and a half. I am inclined to plus even loop. you take it through set. You take it through seven. You take it through 10. It's, it's a, it's a plus uh, EV. Uh, uh, tease. That's actually one thing that we didn't talk about on the gambling show were the key numbers because it feels like, and Jeff, maybe you have a better idea of this, it feels like key numbers aren't key numbers anymore because of the amount of two-pointers and the just how easy it is to make, miss an extra point versus what it was five years ago. But I feel like a like just th- even thinking about like scoregamis that you just see so many unique scores now that I don't know if key like if three and seven are actually key numbers anymore. I think that they're the most common ones obviously, but it feels like eight and like four are really like you see a lot more of those now and i would say six almost feels like its own key number in many ways now uh you're absolutely right on that pat and you do find games you know that make it uh advantageous i think for for um you know teasering and we'll i'll i'll give my take on that in a little bit when we get to those I have a I have this perception though, and I feel like I'm on the wrong side of my perception with my pick on Carolina here. Is when the spread is five and a half, the underdog wins at like sixty five percent of the time. The spread now is that now, now, hold, is such like hover. Is, is that true or is that hover. just something no? It's you just think. my perception, but it's just <laughs> such a weird number where it's like the books they don't want to make this team favored by a touchdown and. They know they're more than a field goal. Five and a half is a very awkward number that I, that in my mind leans um, to underdog success. And they're kind of just baiting, trying to bait people with less than that um, six point, six point line. That being said, I don't know. I, I, I like the young Carolina defense to continue to make strides. And I think Carolina comes out with a banger in this and one. the jets have a track record when they have a first round qb starting in his first game they the last because of course the league always does this to us they always make a start on the road in these situations but nevertheless sanchez won in houston in his very first game darnold won in detroit in his very first game zach's gonna win in carolina in his very first game well if you think I, hold, on, I hold, 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 on, hold on hold on hold on hold on 
Zach's That's going to win. Stat. Zach is going to win. I'm looking at this uh, free money money line. No, by the way, Tim, I, I, I don't see him on there, but they're going to win. I think they're going to win, but it's not free money because the defense could end up being so poor that Zach. How did Chad Pennington do in his first start? That's a good. Well, see, Chad didn't start as a rookie, right? Vinny was the QB, so I'd have to look that up. Okay, what a what a. I might bring some insane stats. That that that's ridiculous. <laughs> okay, well, you know what? Fine. D- don't respect my statistics. Here I'm uh, doing research for the people, and uh, I, I instead of just conjuring up out of nowhere a percentage I think maybe five and a half point favorites cover, uh, like you're doing. I'm actually coming. I like dogs in five and a half. But I want Sam Darnold to be amazing in this game. So I do I'm too. Gonna... I would love this game to be 45-42 Jets. Because I, I again, I'm pro Darnold. I'm Matt pro... Rule revenge game. Sam yeah. Darnold revenge game. I'd like to see Sam play well. I got nothing against Sam. I got nothing against the Panthers. I don't like Rule. I got nothing against the Panthers. But I hope it's a high-scoring game and and, uh, and uh, Broadway Zach gets it done. Can I ask you a question? Oh, Last year Zach. you cried week one. The only way yeah, apparently there, there's video evidence would be tears of joy. Those are the only tears I can imagine are possible. Unless see, like Zach got hurt or something that, that would probably be devastating. But otherwise I don't see tears coming. What, what if, like, if they lose the game, they lose the game. I, I'm okay with it. Like I said, they're going to be a seven and 10 team. It's not like I have unrealistic expectations for this season. No, seven and 10 big, big, big way from uh, 11 and six. When we first went through the schedule and a long yes, way from Owen 17, which it was like a, a week ago. I've scaled it back to the naked eye. The spread does seem large. Like what did Carolina do? Why should Carolina be laying this five and a half? Um, You know, who are they? Their quarterback, you know, I guess in most people's eyes is a dud. Um, And I don't think people are as excited about Carolina this year as I might be potentially. So the line does seem seem high but i guess people are just acknowledging there's a lot of question marks in new york despite preseason mvp i think it's just the jets suck so let's make sure that people don't if we make this three everyone will bet on carolina and that will come through we make it three and a half the Jets are gonna be a really fun team this year you're not cut me off can you not cut me off would that, Sorry, would, that be, would that be would that be acceptable? Would it be acceptable for you not to cut me off? I do this to Jeff yes, all the fine. time, but it'd be nice if you didn't do it as well. So I'm uh, what, you. what I want to say, Jeff, is I need to know how good the offensive line is on the Jets. Because on paper, they should be pretty good. And the best part of the Carolina defense last year outside of Chin was they were able to harass the passer. I don't know how they were able to cobble that together with the talent they have on this team, but they were able to do it and really get to the quarterback and put a lot of pressure on. And if they do that to Zach Wilson, I could see this, you know, maybe going the other way and I'd probably end up being with you, but I think if they can block and it gives Wilson time, I think you can pick apart the Panthers defense with time. And that's, sort of the case that we saw last year in the games that they were able to get into the backfield and make the QB hurry up that they were able to stay in a lot of these games. And I do think that their offense should be a little bit better, whether like Darnold to Bridgewater's a lateral move or even a worse move. Just having McCaffrey back on the field feels like it's worth not necessarily a few points per game, but it feels like their offense should just run a little bit better than it did a year ago where people didn't respect Mike Davis out of the backfield. Now they have to contend with Christian McCaffrey as a runner and a pass catcher, which is just a different dynamic to the offense than we had last year i totally agree with all of that and on top of it it's a very young defense that in that covid offseason 
with a with, with a lot of new pieces and, and and staff in place it was very challenging and i saw them peaking in those final stretches of the season i'm excited about the carolina defense um as well but there's no doubt between those receivers in mccaffrey and an offensive minded head coach who who can draw them up in a very entertaining way. I'm really looking forward to this football team. It's the marquee week. Uh, it's a marquee two o'clock game. This is it. I don't know about that, pal. I think, I think, I think, the, I think the next game might be the marquee game. Well, to me, when I'll be watching. Oh, really? J- Jet- Jets fan Tim Andrews thinks that the Jets are the marquee game. Really? We have a dedicated screen to that game. I mean, we will we'll have a dedicated screen to every game. That's That was the whole point of me creating the so new office. So I can have a pace. I mean, it's not that big of a room. If you're pacing, they're going to be blocking everyone. Three TVs. When you stand up, you'll block three TVs. I'll have to pace in the hallway and look in. You mean outside? I, I do that too, Tim. I started pacing last night during the Notre Dame game. When I got home, uh, the game was out of hand. I thought the Irish had it won. It was over. I come home. The game was within three points. I paced for like the entire hour. I, I go, I go, you know, I've, we have a great setup or, you know, um, at my buddy's place and I'm always there on time. I get a great seat, but the reality <laughs> is everyone knows if you're late, you could just take Feinberg's seat. Cause he's just wandering behind the seats. Like he's just behind the couches. Yes. I got wandering get the, the whole time. So you, yeah, so, Mika says never trust a thought that comes to your mind when your limbs aren't in motion. So I like need to be walking around to get my nervous energy up. So basically, you both of you are like Trump in that debate with Hillary, where he was just wandering around the stage. <laughs> yes, more like John McCain in his debate, where he just started wandering in front of the camera and didn't know where he was. <laughs> Tim, will it make you cry if Carolina waxes? the Jets and then in his post-game interview Sam Darnold's like fuck the Jets it was awful playing there they're the worst me and Robbie A we're the dream team the bomb squad down in Carolina nothing good it will ever happen to the Jets like full heel turn on New York yes if that happens the way you described it yes that would make me incredibly sad it's not gonna happen okay. I'm fired up for this game I'm fired up for the Jets I think it's good to have a Jets team that'll be fun back in my life again after the last couple of years of them not being so great. I'm I'm fired up. This is going to be a fun year. It's going to be a very, very fun year. Think they get the first pick? No, I don't. But uh, Jumbo Jets, let's roll. All right, well, let's go to what I actually think is the marquee game of the early slate. Steelers at Buffalo. Buffalo is favored by six and a half points. We got fans at Orchard Park, Jeff. This is going to be fun. 49 is the over under. Everyone is out on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Everyone is in on the Buffalo Bills. I still think that the Pittsburgh defense is good enough, and I think we'll get at least fresh Ben, and it's sort of the point that I made on the AFC win total show, at least for a few months, because that's what we saw last year, too, until he deteriorated as the season went along. He actually looks like he's in a bit better shape at the point, too. So I think that the Bills probably win this game, but this feels like a field-goal-y game to me. So I'm going to take the Steelers on the road plus the points. You. I am going to lean with you, Pat. I think it's our first uh, side together of, of the season of the show. Uh, I love Buffalo this year. I've got them winning the division. I've got my McDermott coach of the year future. I think when all said and done, they'll stack them up. And I believe like you, Pat, they stack it. This one up. This just feels like the cathedral 
that whatever is is Ralph Wilson, New Era, Highmark, whatever they're calling it now, Landmark, um, whatever, it's going to be filled to the rafters, and I think they're going to get a nail-biter. That is just sort of my feeling. It's going to be a really close, exciting game. I'm worried about some of the losses on the sides of the ball for Pittsburgh. I think Buffalo's better. I question if Pittsburgh is, but... I think we get a doozy. We get a doozy at Ralph Wilson. Can't wait for the fans. Can't wait for the tables. Can't wait for those debauchery videos that don't involve tables, but are are exciting to see what people are up to at the Ralph. Uh, but but I think yeah, field goal game, really exciting football game to start this off. It'll it's the big screener where I'll be. I think. Carolina was chosen by the coin in the last game. The coin is taking Pittsburgh in this game. Are you going to make it a full sweep for the Steelers, Tim? No, sir. The Pittsburgh Steelers are a folding table, and they're going to get flattened by the Buffalo Bills in this game. Uh, I just think it's too much to overcome. We're going to tease the Bills down, uh, and we're going to put the Bills on the money line parlay, too. I, I just don't see Buffalo losing this game. I'm not inclined to be super uh, hopeful towards the Steelers, as you heard on the AFC show. And while I'm not big on the Buffalo Bills either, I just think last couple of years, the Bills have had Pittsburgh's number. We've seen that in big games that when they, these two teams played, the, the Bills have prevailed. And it's just a really, really tough draw to start the season at the Ralph on a Sunday afternoon for Pittsburgh. Uh, that's just, it's just a buzzsaw, and I don't think this Steelers team has the skill set to beat them. So give me the Buffalo Bills. I think they win by a touchdown or more. And, uh, yeah, tease them down and put them on the money line. I feel, I can't remember the last few big games that they played, but only two Steelers-Bills games really stick out in my mind. There was the, huh, week, there was, there was the week 17 game when Buffalo had to beat the Pittsburgh backups in order to get into the playoffs and lost. And there was also the Stevie Johnson catch in the end zone game in overtime that he dropped, and they ended up losing that game. Those are the only two Steelers-Bills games I can really remember. They played on Sunday Night Football the last two seasons in a row, and the Bills won both games. Bills fans are on one. Maybe the most insane take I heard as it pertains to this game was a Bills fan that I know compare the Bills fans being allowed back in Ralph Wilson Stadium this week to Saints fans being allowed to return after Katrina. Oh, my my goodness. And I like, are you? You are deranged. You need to go back into your hole. I love you. I love Ralph Wilson. I love the Mafia. But you guys got to get a grip right now. Like, I get it. You're going through flaming tables starting at on Saturday. I get it. But let's, like, tone down the importance of you getting to go back to football games as opposed to, like, other fans who also equally miss football games. But they have a slighter – they have uh, a higher barometer of common sense that they don't want to potentially break their backs before they walk into stadiums. It, it feels to me like Bills fans and the Bills Mafia, just because I know so many Bills fans in my life and even encountering it online, that it's a very 
uppity group at the moment because they do think that the Bills are going to be really good, but they're scared that the Buffalo Billsness of them is going to end up <laughs> taking over. That if you say anything negative, like at all, like any sort of slight, like in this game, we both picked Pittsburgh to cover. I still think Buffalo is going to win. People will be like out of their minds in the comment yeah. section. Be like, why do you think Buffalo sucks so much? Like, it's not the world against you, pal. You can fucking go to wherever the Walmart across the street from Orchard Park. You can you know, get some pills, calm yourself down before you go into the game. Like, not the world is not against you. Most people are actually rooting for the Bills to be good. It's a sad sack yeah. story that people want to see come through. But just the fragility of it all just feels like it's there. Like, it's like they're anticipating something going wrong. And they just they don't want it spoken into existence. That's how it feels every time I talk to a Bills fan. Well, it's not like they lost four Super Bowls in a row and then lost on the Music City Miracle and they didn't make the playoffs for 20 years. Oh, wait, all of those things happened. And uh, I can understand it. As a Jets fan, I also am almost always waiting for the other shoe to drop too because good things tend not to happen to us either. But uh, I'm not rooting for the Bills or against the Bills this season. Like they're like the their third on the teams that I'm rooting against in the AFC East as a rule, but uh, they're good enough to take care of what I think is a very, very overrated Pittsburgh team. Well, I mean, I think that Pittsburgh is overrated at this point. Everyone thinks Pittsburgh sucks. No, it seems to me that everyone's like, oh, they should easily get over their win total. We were talking about on the show. It's like, oh, they're down to eight and a half, but I've yet to hear somebody, maybe this is because I live in a very cloistered area. I've yet to hear somebody make the case on why Pittsburgh is going to be terrible this season. That is me and you both did. Yeah. On the show, we recorded a week ago. <laughs> what are you talking about? And we looked at the numbers, and the under was heavily juiced. Like, you had to lay some money in order to bet the under eight and a half, meaning everyone's betting the under. Fair enough. Then, then I'm just I'm not spending the right time listening to the right thing. But I, I don't know. I think Buffalo eat, eats them for breakfast. The biggest matchup in this, because you said that Pittsburgh's the wrong team to play against the Bills. I actually think that's false because Tredavious White is going to get his lockdown on one of these guys, but they still have two other receivers that can go down the field and they can still keep the offense going. And I'm really curious to see how Najee Harris does as a receiver out of the backfield. I think it just comes down to the improvements that the Bills made, especially through the draft on the defensive line versus the offensive line on the Steelers, which everyone has just been repeating over and over and over in the offseason that it's the worst offensive line in football. Well, it's not getting any worse. It can only really get better from last year at this point so if they are more of a cohesive unit and they can hold up a little bit you know ben still has the ability to shake a few guys throughout the course of the games i think that they're going to be able to score points like i was never super impressed with the bills defense they have great parts of their defense but it feels like they can be had from time to time let's let's not sugarcoat it the offense is the reason that this team is good well they shut down lamar in that playoff game which is incredibly impressive held him to three points in a playoff game like the de- it's not like the defense is bad by any means. That, I, I didn't say I didn't point. say that the defense was bad. I said that they could be had, and it's no different. Than, bad, it, it, break. It's, yeah, it, it's no different than Lamar not scoring any points against the Chargers the year before, right? I suppose they're a bend but don't break. Like they'll let you get your pieces. They hope a penalty or something gets you off track. I think they really stepped up in the red zone, especially in that Colts playoff game. A year ago, getting your yards, moving the ball on them didn't seem like an issue, but but finding pay dirt was, and, and those are, you know, those are great defenses. Well, you know, they, they can play better than their skill level as long as you don't score. Yeah, it's a lot like those late 2000s, like uh, the late, late aughts, early teens i guess like patriots defenses where you look and they're like oh, they're not really that good and they're like oh yeah they, they never give up touchdowns somehow 
Yeah. It's it's a tough skill to actually have, but if Buffalo has it, that's huge for them. I just think that you can move the ball on them. Next game, San Francisco in Detroit. I'm really torn on what I want to do with this one. Uh, Detroit are seven and a half point dogs at home. 45 and a half is the over-under. That's gone up from 43 overnight. So it's gone up two and a half points overnight, which leads me to not understand what's going on with this at all. We got the goof. He's the quarterback for the Lions now. And Jimmy G, I don't think we're going to see Trey Lance for a month now with this... Uh, this finger injury he has his microchip finger. He's got the 5G in him, Tim, so he can't play for a month. <laughs> but he might have better reception in the headset once all this is over. I don't know. But this feels like such a slam dunk no-brainer. People are going to be taking the Niners in Survivor. I, I know, Tim, you have the big thing about never taking a road team in Survivor, and I'm not necessarily 100% with it. There's just something about this game that seems really fishy to me. Yeah, I'm not against ever taking road teams, but in week one, I would strongly advise against it. This does seem like, and it's because we've all been, we've followed the league for long enough, we've all been burned in that weird week one trap game where the whole world is certain that one team is going to win. We haven't seen them play all year. We're all certain that this one team is going to win. And that road team, that team that does win, the underdog, might actually be terrible and might win like three games all year. Like I remember a game a few years ago where San Francisco beat the Vikings on, a, I think a Monday or a Sunday night, the Vikings went to the playoffs. The Niners like won two games that year, but yet the Niners won that game and destroyed a lot of people's survivor picks. And we saw Jackson, it last year. Jacksonville. And Jacksonville. We see it I, like year in, year out that there's that one game, that one landmark game. And man, oh man, this, I'm with you. This game reeks to high heaven and it terrifies me. You've got a home dog uh, by seven and a half points. I really like the Niners and I really don't like Detroit and I am going to avoid any trouble by just putting them on the teaser and by, and, and, and not having to deal with having to dodge a seven and a half. So I'm going to put them on the teaser and, uh, I'm going to pick the the Niners, but with zero confidence. I hate this game, but I am in the same way. You guys like blindly did things in the season preview show. I'm just going to take the seven and a half. Uh, am I running to bet it? No, but Tim brought up the examples. Uh, there's always a game in week one where a team that's still going to win one, two, three games is going to look really good. If there's one game where the Dan Campbell, like run through a wall speech is going to work. It's this one. Cause by weeks three, four, five, it's over, man. That speech works one freaking time. 49ers win 49ers might roll them. But just for NFL week one silliness, Dan Campbell, Jared Goff competes week one. I'll take the points. It might get higher. I might get higher. I, you could probably get a nine or something by the time we kick off. But for here, I'm taking the points. Well, now that it's at seven and a half, it can go all the way to like nine and a half, right? There's nothing stopping it now. Well, it, it's been at seven and a half for so long. That's why I've been so curious about this number. I would have figured it went to nine by now. Like, who the hell is betting the Lions? I'm taking the Lions plus seven and a half, and I'm a goober. So that's going to be yeah, me. me too. So the way that I see this kind of unfolding is going to be kind of one of two ways that this is like an absolute drubbing, like 45 to three for the Niners. And no one on the Lions can tackle anyone. Mostert and Sermon just gash this <laughs> entire defense, and there's just no stopping them. They just break off chunk runs the entire time. Very much in the cards. The case, I guess, 
for the Lions is all of the rookies and first, second year players they had a year ago, they make improvements. A lot like we said with Carolina, these young guys make improvements on the defensive side of the ball. They've drafted enough of them and they've drafted such young guys on the offensive line. The offensive line actually isn't bad. So that kind of works twofold. The defense gets a little bit better. You can contain them a little bit. And when you get to the offensive side of the ball, the offensive line holds up that Goof can make like eight yard throws and, and move the chains, or they can just run the ball, which... May, we, I don't even know if DeAndre Swift is going to play in this game. He's like 50-50 for week one. But no matter who it is back there, if they can get some push in the trenches, and this is a tough team to do it against. But maybe in the run game, it's a little bit easier than actually trying to have to pass block them. And they just suck the air out of the game. Like San Francisco wants to run. That runs the clock. Detroit wants to run. That runs the clock. Detroit's going to run the ball even if they're down by 17 because that's just who they're going to be this season. So it's going to be one of those like faster type games where the clock is always moving. You get just a good break here, a good break there. You break off a chunk running your own. It feels to me like if the Lions can get to 13 points, they probably cover. Yeah. The Lions you just like, got to avoid the, the, the strip sack fumble to the house yeah, or yeah. like inside the 10 yard line, which we feel is very possible, but I'm going to take the seven with you, Pat yeah. seven and a hafer. Like the night, like the Lions are going to like take the opening kickoff back for a touchdown or something. something and then everybody who has the, the Niners and survivor are going to be sweating them until the, the final got. Will this game get put, me and my buddies always joke when your survivor game ends up on the big screen at 350, it's not a good place to be. <laughs> it's not a good place to be. <laughs> I, I th- see, I think a lot of people are going to get bailed out. So let's say Detroit wins this game. It's a stupid, like 24, 23 type of game. Detroit ends up winning. Then that's the only game they win for the rest of the season. doesn't matter. I feel like a lot of people are going to get bailed out because of they wouldn't take a road team with the Niners when there is a completely acceptable option later on with the same spread from the same division that team is playing at home. Maybe, yeah, but people will it. still do it. Yeah, There's enough stank on Detroit that people will still step in front of them. I bet you San Francisco will be the most popular survivor pick in week one. I think the Rams are going to be. That could be. Uh, they're there, and so could Tampa, but uh, we'll see. So could the uh, – no – Chiefs. Uh, Chiefs. No. Nah, nah, There's people- a bigger one. Not the Chiefs. Not the Chiefs. I didn't mean that. I'm forgetting. Uh, I apologies. I, I would wager that Tampa and Buffalo are going to be pretty high as well. Yeah, Buffalo for sure. That's another smart one. Okay. Jacksonville and Houston. This game's going to be fun. Did they announce Tyrod as a starting quarterback yet? Has that happened? Yeah, a long time ago. That, that actually did happen. I, I guess I'm just so tuned out on Texans news that I miss it. They are. He went one to zero last year. There we are. Yeah, he did. They went one punctured lung. So there we are. Texans are three point dogs at home against Trevor Lawrence and the Jags. Forty four and a half is the over under. Oh, is anyone going to watch? Are Texans fans going to? If you're not a Jags fan and you want to see Lawrence, is anyone else going to watch this game and make it a priority? Yes, because here's the thing, as I've already been debating with my boys, we got seven screens like on the wall. We'll have to do two side screens for week one, computers, whatever. But but seeing Lawrence is paramount to the NFL fan in us. Like this game early is important to me. I need to see the first overall generational QB prospect take his snaps. That game, that this game, me seeing this game is more important to me in many ways than getting an early look at Seattle Indy or even San Francisco um, Detroit. I mean that. Now, everyone's got their own things and their bets, what have you. The NFL fan in me, I need to watch every single one of these kids. I want to watch them in and out of a huddle. That's what I love to do. So this is a big 
this game would rank way higher if I ranked the nine one o'clock games than maybe for most people because of QB1. Just feels like the Texans are going to be really sad. The decision you have to make in this game isn't really about Jacksonville whatsoever. It's how bad is Houston? Is this the... Are they going to be so bad this is the lowest spread we actually see with them all year is three points, and should we be taking advantage of that? It's a very good question, but also we've got a team that was one of 15 laying three points on the road, and like, should we be taking advantage of taking the dog in that circumstance too? I, I don't know the answer to that question. Uh, it, it's, it, it's, it's incredibly tough. I, I don't think that – I mean, I'm not excited for this game. I mean, if Lawrence doesn't like really have an amazing like Cam Newton first game in this, then that will just confirm all the priors I already sort of thought about. That, that, uh, that you think that he's Ryan Leaf? That he has that potential. I, again, I don't think he's nearly as good as people think that he is. I, I think he was underwhelming in the preseason. Uh, I don't know, man. I'll take the Texans and the points, but I have zero confidence in it. Just, I don't know, it's a 1-15 in 15 team shouldn't in week one be laying three points on the road in division. That's just a principle. Uh, I'll, take the Jack, uh, I'll take the Texans. Tim, just, just remind me, did you take San Fran or, or Detroit? I took San Francisco uh, against the So number. you think this is going to be that, like, shit? I know it's a smaller spread, but I'm kind of thinking about going Houston and just kind of going 50-50, hopefully, in these two games. That being said... I don't know. There's an expansion vibe out of Houston. Like people that have been to that camp, respectful NFL people that don't look to throw stones. Like it's not in their, it's not in their, um, on their resume that they're like, they, they throw stones are just referring to whatever is going on there as like worse than an expansion team situation. I I'll take Jacksonville. I'm going to take Jacksonville as well. Just have the Lawrence show. Hopefully he can run around a bit, run a few circles, have the Texans just miss some tackles. We'll be good to go. This could be like a 20 to 10 type game, something like that. I'm ready to be surprised by the Texans too. Maybe they're you know, not as bad as everyone seems to think. It just, I think that they are terrible and they'll probably be the worst team in football. So three points doesn't seem like a whole lot, even if it is another like mediocre team that has to go up against them. Seattle and... I, uh, no. I can't do it. I was going to do something off, but I can't do it now. Do it now. No, I should have just done it instead of saying anything about the game. I'm just, I don't know. I'm giving my two thumbs up to you, Mr. Tony Khan. Your dad owns the Jaguars. You made a wrestling company that's going to send Vince McMahon to his grave, and his kids are going to inherit the second best wrestling company on the planet. All you got to tell me is Tony Khan has a, has a buffet platter of chicken fingers beside him at all times. And he lives the perfect life. Daddy owns a football team. He owns a wrestling company and a platter of chicken fingers. I don't think the chicken fingers exist, but Oh my God, I'm so envious of this human and the life he leads. That's all On to the next. Seattle and Indianapolis. Indy is a two and a half point dog at home. The over under is 48 and a half. I think we're getting Wentz for this game because he looks like he's off the COVID list, but he still has this foot injury, which was supposed to keep him out well into the season. And now that's just no longer a thing. Something about the Colts just, I, I can't wrap my mind around Jeff that are they actually like the team that Tim picked to win the division before they got all these injuries and then Tim bailed on them and switched to Tennessee. Like, are they experiencing like reverse curse luck now and they're going to be unstoppable. And I think Seattle's great. And I think Seattle's going to win this game. So I'm taking Seattle, 
But I don't know. The, the Colts are such a mystery to me right now. Colts are a huge mystery. They're one of those teams I'd put with Minnesota. There's just like a outside of like Detroit or Houston that we just want to know are bad. So we're talking badly about them. There are a few teams in this league, be it, um, you know, certain other side plots, but, but there's just a negative stank on them. Like there have been essentially zero positive stories out of Indianapolis. Very strange. Yet this is a team. This is a team. This is a coach. Three straight years, three different quarterbacks into the postseason. You can't doubt these guys. I like Seattle too, Pat. Very high on them to compete and be there right at the end in that division. I think Indy, I think Indy gets this one, though. I think Indy gets this one. Um, I'm gonna take Indy. I'm gonna take these uh the situation at home week one. Give me, give me Frank Wright and whatever else is going on there. Trust, trust the infrastructure of the Colts, but also, Tim, could it just turn out that Carson Wentz is as bad as he was last year? It could absolutely turn out that way. I'm with you. I'm taking Seattle in this game. Uh, I like the fact that it's indoors. That is a pretty nice setup for Seattle uh, for their first game. Just like last year, indoors at Atlanta, I liked the Falcons a lot in that game, and the Falcons got crushed. I'm not making the same mistake twice. I think Seattle is the better team. I think Seattle... Uh, it sets up very well against Indianapolis's defense. I don't know. I mean, Wentz hasn't been playing much. He has had coronavirus. He had an injury. He's This is a brand new offense for him. I expect there to be some quite a few growing pains in this game. And Seattle is so well coached and so disciplined that I don't expect Seattle not to take advantage of those mistakes. So, yeah, I, I think you've got to play the Seahawks in this game. Okay. Arizona and Tennessee. We, there's so many of these games. We got to start flying through some of them. Tennessee's a two and a half point favorite at home. 52 is the over under at DraftKings Sportsbook. The Titans, again, just this entire AFC South. I, I can't wrap my mind around how good or how bad these teams are because the Colts and Titans might end up with really good records because they beat the crap out of the Jags and beat the crap out of the Texans. But And the Cardinals are just in this division of death where they're the fourth team but they could make the playoffs if kyler is healthy like everything that we thought about kyler was happening for the first part of last year until he got hurt and maybe the defense is a little bit better maybe watt actually has something left in the tank i feel like i always pick against the titans so i should probably just take the titans but i'm going to take the cardinals tim i don't understand oh. this line to be perfectly honest with you this line is saying vegas is saying that the Cardinals are the better team. And that were they to play in a neutral field, the Cardinals would be a slight favorite. I do not agree with that at all. I, I think the Titans are clearly a better team. Uh, they have, you know, a, a, an unstoppable force at running back. Uh, Tannehill has played every bit as well as Kyler Murray has played the last couple of years. They have Julio Jones. They have A.J. Brown. That offense is legit. They bring in players on the defensive side of the ball that make a lot of sense. I think this Titans team, is loaded for bear. I don't like a West Coast team coming east at, uh, at uh, playing an early game, which Arizona's not on the coast, but they're in the Pacific time zone for this uh, when there's no daylight saving. So I do not like the Arizona Cardinals going uh, going all the way to Nashville to play this game. And just How the far Titans, do you think that flight is? That's uh, from Nashville to Phoenix is a pretty far flight and multiple time zones. That is not like a, a jaunt. Nashville's quite a bit more eastern than maybe you think it is. Uh, th this is a tough, tough draw for Arizona to start the year. I expect the Titans to win this game. This is a really hard game for me to pick. 
Uh, I like both teams. I'm just going to buy into that arrow. Like I'm really high on, uh, you know, Kyler's going to be a hundred percent in this game. The Titans defense still sucks. Vrabel for all the prowess that I like giving him, uh, you know, can't fix his defense. He's recycled three offensive coordinators. Now I expect the offense to be just as good as it's always been. The onus is on him. It really is. And not punting in, in situations you shouldn't punt when you say you're willing to chop your dick off for a Super Bowl. Uh, I picked the Titans to win the division by default because, again, there's just such weird juju in that division, and then the Colts have these weird question marks. But I'm going to pick Arizona. I'm picking Arizona. Um, there is a new offensive coordinator in Tennessee. Can they just continue to pick up where Arthur Smith and Matt LaFleur left off? Probably, but it's a question mark. The defense I know is bad. Uh, Arizona here in this one, week one. 1,600 miles and a 24-hour drive if you were to go from Phoenix to Nashville. You do, you. Do, you, do you think that they're taking the bus? No, probably <laughs> not. But 1,600 miles is uh, is not like a, a little jump. It's, so, uh, it's so, a long flight. So it's a two-hour flight? Probably longer than that. Is it? Like 220? It's Buffalo to Miami. Like, what are you talking about? Okay, sure. No, no, you're right. I mean, West teams from the from the from the West never struggle when they come east. Well, I didn't say that. I, I didn't what say that. But it's know? mountain, it's mountain to central. Yeah, but they're not really mountain because they don't do daylight savings. And no, Nashville is in the eastern time zone, I do believe. Pardon? I believe Nashville's in the eastern time zone. Uh, I could, you're probably, uh, I'm not debating you on time zone. I'm probably embarrassed. I could be wrong though. On that though. I'm wrong all the time on things. So I could be wrong. Uh, you are wrong. They are in the central, they're, they're they're in in the central, central time, time zone. Yeah. Yeah. They are in the central time zone. So, do you so re- one time. So now you, your, your debate was the multiple time zone travel. I think it's still two, but anyway. It's, it, it would be a two time zone difference on a two hour flight. I think they'll, I think they'll live. They can get their biorhythms in the right way before they go. And then all of a sudden, and it's week one too. It's not like they had to play a Sunday night game in LA and then they're playing Thursday night you know, in Maine or something like that. Yeah. Like it's, well, not, it's not the farthest thing you can They're not even coming off like a home game versus the Rams where Aaron Donald and Ramsey like put their helmets through their spines. Like I base I, these I, things on me because when I have to travel long distances, I have jet lag for long periods of time. Oh my God. I have trouble adjusting. And I think I'm more normal than most people. And I think a lot of us have trouble adjusting to travel. It's one of the reasons uh, I don't like travel. I'm horrible at traveling. I am weak. I am mental midget. I, I, all those things you said apply to me. I have a bad knee. I, I, I don't like it. I don't like it. I need to decompress after traveling, literally. I am not them. I am not the specimen that they have. These guys have been getting on planes and buses since they were 12 years old traveling to goddamn games, Tim. I get it. But look, the one year I played tackle football, we had to make like a three-hour drive to play a game. And I was so out of sorts from that three-hour drive that I just played my worst game ever. So I believe. Okay, so when DeAndre Hopkins was 11 years old and his dad had to drive him somewhere to play a game, he was a little discombobulated. I'm just saying at at this level, it makes a slight difference three hours three hours and 20 minutes is the flight so here here's the tip if anyone is traveling out there and doesn't want to get jet lag because i used to do this when i used to fly new york to los angeles and back uh unless you have to take the red eye because i find that the red eye does throw you out of sorts a little bit but if you can land at a 
decent time even if you do take the red eye and then you change all the time zones and you get there around like 7 a.m 8 a.m the move is to go to the gym right away go get in a run go get in a lift it kind of counteracts and gives you that energy to power through the jet lag that's the number one thing like when i go to vegas for like the fantasy convention every single end of january february the first thing i do is go check in then immediately go to the gym and just like get a sweat going get my heart rate going and then all of a sudden the jet lag is kind of gone I get Hold on a second. And go have a nap. So that's like the Tim. Tim is not only comparing his one year of contact football and having to travel to get there when he was thirteen. To, to how have you ever driven your luxury car up into a chartered airport and walked on an airplane? Like, what do you think these guys are doing, man? Like, they're not waiting in line. They're they like they. They're, they're not sitting in the same seats as you. You're compared. I can't. Your ability to go there is crazy to me. I, I think it matters more than you want to give it credit for. I'm not saying it doesn't, but I don't want. Let's not act like these guys even travel like it was 15 years ago. No, no. Listen, they're not trained, not, not hopping on trains. And like, uh, you know, waiting long distances to get between stops. I'm just saying in the NFL where the slightest difference makes the slightest, you know, disadvantage can matter. Having to travel and play an early game when they're a West Coast team, the numbers bear out that West Coast teams. I agree. So you're making any notion to how you travel compared to how they travel. Well, look, these are my experiences. I have to speak from what I know. I have to speak from what I know and what I went through. You have to live your truth. Do you know what like the food menu on that three hour flight is? It's probably very excellent. There's no egg McMuffins on there. I if bet. they want one, they'd get one. So that's my way to get over jet lag is have a couple of egg McMuffins and have a nap. So how, Pat how, and I are diametrically opposed on how we deal with these things. How does that really change from what you do every day anyway? Well, I don't usually have egg McMuffins. So. Don't Except you? during Monopoly. Well, yes. Then but, you have like 12 a week. Yeah, but I don't always, I don't always eat them. I just buy them. Did you, do you have any updates to your what what was the food review that you did? Well, I did Biscuit. the I know it was a uh chicken McMuffin from McDonald's. No, I don't know. Really I mean, I guess unless you followed me on Twitter, you probably wouldn't have seen that. I suppose I should show the people. If people want more of Tim Andercus food reviews that are just like this. Hello folks. Tim Anderson here, man of the people. I'm trying this chicken McMuffin from McDonald's and I had low expectations but it's actually quite delicious it's got a little bit of spice not too much a little bit of spice in the chicken the McChicken sauce works as a wonderful sort of palate cleanser while you're chewing they have the cheese on the bottom of the sandwich which is ergonomically correct the buns I know they're not steamed but they're fluffy as if they were steamed this really is top-notch. I mean, you can go to any fancy breakfast place you want, but I'm of the opinion that you cannot do better than a McDonald's breakfast. Cheers. You let me know, okay? Let's get to the second part of the main event, though. The Los Angeles Chargers at the Washington Footballs. Jeff, you're going to do an entire show on this at some point, but the Chargers are one-point favorites on the road. 44-and-a-half is the over-under. What's your early lean here? 
this is one of the best games of of week one. My early, you asked my early lean. What are you asking me? Yeah, he's picked the Chargers in every single game for the last several years. Every time we are on this show, so we know where he's going. Um, I think this game will be a pick 'em. I think by the time we step off, I think from you know that teaser perspective, you could take Washington to over, you know, through the touchdown. That makes a lot of sense. Sure. Uh, I like the Chargers. Chargers going to win. Fitzpatrick's got to see Bosa. He's got to see Derwin. They're playing again. The Chargers have not seen any, have not shown anything schematically in the preseason, even discussing the pass rush that they for, that they had to experience versus San Francisco. Staley said, listen, I wasn't showing any of my checks or any of my protections. And I, I took that to believe, yeah, we've got Washington week one. We need max protections. This is a plug your nose and survive game. Win at all costs. If you drafted Chargers in fantasy, you might be disappointed in how this game plays out. I just want to win like 9-7. Every step I want to see Herbert take this season, I am not needing to see it happen week one against this team. I'm looking forward to we might lose. We might still miss kicks. Things might happen but there'll just be a soundness in the strategy that we are trying to in, 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 you know, deploy this year. Bottom line is this, I mean, we've got a few days until this game. We've, uh, we've never been healthier going into a week one game. So that alone, I'm pretty fired up. Uh, Give me the chargers. This is, this I think is honestly, I don't want to sound like Tim, I think this game is being grossly underrated and how great a game it, it, it is uh, to very intriguing teams that a lot of people are expecting big things of this year. This is a game I've not enjoyed going to sleep thinking about for three months. It's not fair. I'd rather just be playing Oakland. Chargers So I say these things about my team game. I say these things about my team's games. And I get mocked and harangued about, oh, you think the Jets are a marquee game? But Jets, Jeff says it, and it's just allowed to happen. No, no. So the difference there is Jeff says, I think this game is being underrated because people aren't talking about it, and it's his team, which you know, I can buy into. And, you know, Herbert is an actual story coming into the year. People like Washington. Are they coming off a division win? You're right. The Jets are the best team, and everyone is talking about them, and they are the marquee game of the week, and they're like the fucking shittiest team in the league. That's the difference. I don't, I don't see a difference. Is it because you're living your own truth again? No, I'm not. I think Jeff made a lot of really good points in that section. I'm going to take Washington because I am going to say that that travel matters, particularly in week one. And I'm going to take that here. It's just, you know, your first game and you're out of your comfort zone. The first time you've ever made this kind of trip as a team for the season. Such a tough game. Chargers could absolutely win the game. I have zero confidence in the pick it just seems like you're giving me a the type of football team i like which is tough nose good defense uh shouldn't make a ton of mistakes outside of of course fitzpatrick who you know is, is the is the x factor here's here's the deal if fitzpatrick doesn't turn the ball over washington is going to win if fitzpatrick right. has two turnovers or more they're definitely going to lose uh that, and I, I honestly think this game goes as fitzpatrick goes and I guess in week one, I'm going to lean slightly to trusting the defense and the travel to take Washington, but I have zero confidence in the pick. 
I agree. This game is exponentially more travel than the Arizona to Nashville game. This is a full cross country trip. I can only hope it's a it's a team bonding experience uh, to start to start a year. Yeah, I think Fitzpatrick really is the key in this in this football game. And I don't know. I can only hope. See, while I'm hoping the Chargers are in kind of some. I don't know. It's a tough spot because I'm banking on like Washington's front line, not being how good they're going to be in eight weeks or in a month or next week. But at the same time, I need the chargers in a new system to be comfortable even with the healthy players. So there's a lot that can, that can happen here. I, I, I think the spread is wrong. To be honest, I think it should be Washington laying the one. And I wouldn't be shocked if by the time we get to this game, that might be, um, where we are how good is this chargers offensive line jeff i'm still nervous about it they've put as much as they possibly could into it they didn't just try to improve the line they tried to like max improve the line getting a a literally a top 50 player in the entire league uh, maybe the best center in the league in ryan lindsley having slater fall into their laps getting two not pro bowlers, but serviceable median guys and Filer and Abushi um, in there. And I still have concerns. I'm still worried. I, I, I don't know. I need them to gel. I'm worried Brian Bulaga came to Los Angeles to collect retirement. That's a concern. That would be the one injury concern I have going into week one. But I have been told everybody's playing. I have been told everyone's playing. Now, I don't have special conversations except when I sneak into DMs. And I'm not sneaking <laughs> into DMs for an injury report on week one. And I assume coach could be could be lying. I have concerns about the O-line, Pat. Guess what also? Our hottest camp battle, Tristan Vizcaino beat out the money badger. What a loser. You have five good games in the NFL and you trademark your name money badger as a kicker, then you go miss the most kicks in the league. You can't even beat out Triskin Vizcaino in a camp battle. God help me when we've got a 44 yarder in the fourth quarter, just God help me. It's not going to go well. So I'm worried that this is, if the offensive line isn't like a cohesive unit as of yet, this front seven of Washington is going to be in the backfield. And while obviously, like looking on paper, the Chargers defense should be pretty good. Like how many quarters realistically in this game are we getting out of Derwin James and Bosa? Like Stop half, it. Half a quarter? <laughs> Stop it. No, 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 and no, no. Over under four quarters combined for Derwin and Bosa. Over under, guys... amount, uh, over under amount of times Mike Williams has to leave the game to go to the sidelines uh it like four every time he's targeted so how many targets is run the sims projecting that's how many times that is one of the things i'm most excited about is with state like we're gonna have this stand-up defense like i want you guys to watch the game and watch our defensive formations guys standing up guys playing everywhere fitzpatrick you better use all of harvard to figure out where it's coming from oh he went to harvard i never knew that <laughs> I know. I just found out. <laughs> it was a big mystery to us all. I'll take Washington. I have no particular. I'm not betting this game. Put it that way. No. Min actually, I should remind everyone too. Minnesota. Minnesota is at Cincinnati. 
and Cincinnati's a three-point dog at home. The over-under is 48 in this game, but hit the description and play in the 7-11 challenge. Uh, the prop competition against me, against Tim, against Jeff, against all of the viewers of this show. It's going to be a lot of fun. 3000 bucks up top. All you need to do is have a prize picks account. Use code MMN at your deposit to get in there and play along with us. Plus those cash giveaways. Sub to the newsletter. Leave the rating and review on the podcast. I thought I'd re-up on that one, too. But you're right. I'm going to run the, the runthesims.com 10,000 simulations of that game. Jeff and tell you where I'll try to effort that as we go along here this game's tricky because Minnesota should be way better than Cincinnati and I mean Burrow played three snaps coming off a knee injury in the preseason I have no idea where he's at they've been riddled with injuries I don't think that they can block but I also don't know how good Minnesota is like Tim picked them to win the division that's not good news for them I have to feel I picked Minnesota I can start here there's just still, I'm excited about Cincy. It's all trending right. There's just still question marks for me there. I don't love the coach, and I don't know if the quarterback's 100%. The second I see QB's 100% and doing what he needs to do, then I can look forward to maybe playing on them next week. Minnesota, like Indy guys, would you not agree? I mean, there, there is so, has there been one positive story about this team? Now, maybe it's vaccine-related, and we're not breaking that down. That's not what we're here to no, do. No, no, no. I, 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 you know what? I'm pulling the emergency break. This is now a COVID breakdown show. Let's hear it, Jeff. <laughs> no, no, I just mean, like, the, there's such a stank on Minnesota. When I reference there are some teams that are – there's just a stank on. Like, you can't even get a positive story trying to find one. It's, Minas, it's Indy and Minnesota, and, they, you know, you could see them both – regressing or maybe holding the fort with good coaches. I uh, seeing Minnesota favored here was like, Oh really? But I'm going to go to the wall with Zimmer and, and what I believe will be an improved Viking team that I'm not saying the betters don't want to touch Minnesota, but there is a public stank on this team. Hopefully they can rub some of it off with a nice week one game. That's what I'd be betting. Well, if they need to rub off some of that stank, Timmy tugs, who you got? <laughs> Well, listen, I picked, I hate that name, file. Uh, I, I picked the Vikings to win the division at the start of the season, which we're still in, I guess, technically. And I picked the Bengals to be terrible. So there's no way I'm going to stay away from this game. The Vikings are on the free money parlay. I love them in this game. I expect Minnesota to take care of business. Are you teasing them as well? No, uh, I'm not teasing through zero. Uh, that's a minus EV move. Okay, so they're on the the money parlay with Buffalo and Tampa Bay so far. Is that up to date on the money line parlay? Money line parlay has yeah Buffalo and Tampa Bay and Minnesota that I've gone through, and then the teaser so far is Tampa, the Jets, and Buffalo and San Francisco. I've mentioned so far. Okay, so I think I'm just going to blindly side with the Bengals on this one because you met Jeff. You said like you can't find a positive story about the Vikings. I can't find a positive story about the Bengals. It's just all disastrous news. Jamar Chase can't catch. Joe Burrow is rusty. No one can block. But maybe just the talent ends up winning out. That this is a team that just takes a leap right away. That they're so maybe this doesn't play into it in week five, but they're so geared up for week one that this is what they've been going for. That. Zach Taylor all of a sudden like, oh man, this offense looks awesome. Everyone's healthy for the first time in ages that maybe they can just go go out and post up some points. Like I have faith that Burrow's going to be awesome. And if he is, I feel like he should be able to outduel Kirk Cousins. That is uh, fair um, in many ways. And I would only fight back on 
despite the stories in Cincinnati and like a micro in a micro sense, maybe being negative, everyone acknowledges how how great the arrow is potentially looking there, which I think overshadows that um, I would be I would I, I would be a bit surprised. I'd be a bit surprised. Uh, I, I like Minnesota here. It's honestly getting super lot consideration from me. Oh, really? It's getting super lot consideration. It is. Yeah. Oh. There's not a lot of games I love, but uh, I don't know that I'd actually do it because there's a game I like more, but it made a short list. I'm still on the Vikes. So here's the game that I'm considering super locking in Philadelphia at Atlanta. The Falcons are favored by three and a half points. Forty eight and a half is the over under. This is a game I'm just very interested to watch. I think it's going to be very compelling to see what both these teams look like. But I did pick the Eagles to win the division, and now I'm getting three and a half points for what could very well be a better team. I just think that the Falcons are incredibly overrated. Everyone just thinks, oh, brand new coach. Let's get rid of Julio Jones, bring in Kyle Pitts. Problem solved. You know, there's a reason that they were leading in a ton of games last year and then lost all of those games. This defense is horrible. And I just think that Jalen Hurts is such a game breaker. And if Philly's actually healthy for the first time in ages, their defense isn't going to be amazing, but their front seven is really good. Their offensive line is healthy again that if Hertz just takes a little bit of a step forward and I just see this offense being kind of explosive so I love Philly here plus three and a half on the road against the Falcons um, I feel like I'm going to be on a not necessarily an island on this show but I don't think that's going to be a super popular opinion Tim I am totally with you Pat I like this pick a lot uh, I'm thinking about building a teaser that would take them to 10 or above uh, I am with you on everything you said about Jalen Hurts. I am incredibly bullish on Devontae Smith um, in all regards. And I don't know why people assume. Oh, how do you put this? And I don't mean to like drag it back, but like at least with the Chargers, you can assume it, you, you're allowed to still assume like a new coach might have actually changed how things happen there. And they, they were a good team that might be some strategy away. I don't think Atlanta is nearly as good as people are, are making them out to be, or people think Philly is God awful. I don't understand this line. I don't understand the Falcon respect that's going into this line. Give me Philly. It is another game like you. I, I haven't stone cold it like you might have uh, on my, on my super lock shortlist. So Philly for me. Philly for Jeff. Tim, where are you going? And I want to remind everyone that if you hit the description, you can find the Pat Mayo Experience DraftKings Listeners League for week one. No rake. Play it. It's 5,000 spots. We need to fill that shit. So please go do that. Tim, your take. Ring that bell. It's Philly for you, I, too. I got Philly, too. Yeah, I like everything that's been said here. I thought Philly was going to have a good year. As you know, I'm off the Falcons this year completely. This would be a classic spot in years past where I would jump on Atlanta. I'm not doing that again. Uh, I'm a big Jalen Hurts fan too. And I think that the Eagles are going to play well. And I like them to probably win the game on the field. Yeah. I mean, it's also so much is made about, you know, Arthur Smith is going to come in. Are they going to run more play action for the very first time? And like, they're getting all this attribution for having this new coach and how that should improve a lot of their problems but like that doesn't happen with philly at all they have a new coach just because we don't really know anything about him in terms of what he can bring to the table it's not like you know the colts have been a disaster like you pointed out jeff they just made the playoffs three years in a row with three different quarterbacks yeah i like uh, honestly philly would if i had to make a my pick my because i believe my super luck will be a favorite 
But if I have to make a my favorite money line bet of the week, it's Philly at this plus 160, Pat. All right. So we need to see with the coin to see if we have our first clean sweep of the season. Taking the road team, the Philadelphia Eagles. Clean sweep. That means Atlanta is going to win by 84 points. You know how that works. And Tim is off Atlanta, as he mentioned. Tim has been beholden to this Falcons franchise. So that means they're winning 11 games. I mean, they might go 17 and 0 at this point if Tim is going to be off them. They they have so much reverse curse luck going their way. But oh, it's time to actually talk about some Tim stuff in a Cuss Corner mini. Cuss Corner, it's Cuss Corner. Cuss Corner, it's Cuss Corner. He's got the hottest takes with the highest stakes. He should be president of the United States, but it's Cuss Corner, it's Cuss Corner. Cuss Corner. <laughs> Well, I was spending time thinking about what to talk about this week, and then the great event happened on Friday evening, which made it impossible to talk about anything else, in that Pat and I were recognized by a fan as we went out to dinner, and it was such a great experience. So we go to this place. Uh, I had never actually been there before, and I don't know if Pat's been there before. He said he's ordered it uh, online before, but I don't think he's actually been to the restaurant. So we walk in, uh, the two of us and one of our buddies, and other people are going to be joining us in a bit. And uh, the gentleman takes us to our table and the, the server, whose name is Adam, by the way, uh, Adam said, uh, here you guys go. And then as he's walking away, he says, oh, by the way, Tim, we don't have any Diet Coke here. Sorry. And so I am completely caught off guard. And I look at Pat. I assume, OK, this is a setup. I'm no fool. I've been played with in the past uh, by Pat and, 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 and friends. Uh, trying to get me going so i'm very suspicious and we're talking about it at the table saying is this a setup what has pat done did he call when he set the reservation but uh then we sort of things sort of let it go i look at the menu and indeed there is no diet coke and i'm like okay well like what am i going to order and i asked the the server when he came by he's a different person and i said to him so what do you have for diet pop and he said well we have this thing called zevia uh which is a diet cola which is this clear diet pop that is there it is that if you're watching the video there it is uh it's it's got stevia rather than aspartame it's clear it's not good it it was not good it barely tasted like cola i did not care for it and so you know we're we're having our uh, our drink and the meal shows up and that adam shows up again who's not our server he was like he seated us and he said how was that? Uh, how was that Zevia? And I said, oh, it wasn't very good. He said, yeah, I, I figured it would. And then out comes the champagne bucket and out comes a bottle of Mexican Coca-Cola because that's what they have. So like the sugar cane Coke. And I was so excited. And uh, he said, you know, at that point, Pat leans in. And that's how I knew it wasn't a gag because Pat leans in and goes, how, how do you know us? And he said, oh, man, I, uh, I, I'm one of your I listen to you guys all the time. There he is. I listen to you guys all the time. I'm a huge fan. And so he brought me the DC and obviously the champagne bucket because he watches the show and he knows the stories and uh, it saved the day uh, and uh, promised us a curse free meal called me top cat on a couple of occasions. It was just, it was just perfect. Uh, so thank you. It was the great way to be recognized. It's one of those things where you're like, you're not like John Lennon, or some other famous person, like wherever you go, everybody knows who you are. John, you Len- John, John Lennon and Tim Andrikus, the two world's two most famous people. No, but like if you're John Lennon or you're Mick Jagger or you're who or Paul McCartney or whomever, like everywhere you go, everyone notices you. You don't want that type of fame. Like 
just to be recognized by a fan and uh, for someone to be genuine and kind was great. Uh, saved the day and uh, it was a great experience. And so I try to be man of the people and this sort of like uh, verified that I, I try to be man of the people. Thank you again, Adam. It was a great experience. Was this the greatest night of your life? Uh, this is what someone said to me yesterday that uh, I was beaming still. And this is days later and I was still beaming. And it was, it was very, it was very gratifying to, for someone to recognize uh, the show and say that they're a fan. And uh, I, I was very pleased about it. Uh, you know, this is as strange and funny and re rewarding as that Twitter photo that guy took of some guy in Munich watching the show at 1 a.m. Everyone else at the table got a pretty big kick out of it the entire night, especially because it was the second time that this has happened now that someone brought you Coke when there was no Coke available. Yes, it was, it was, it's really quite something else. Like it's become a trademark. I'm glad that people know what it is that I require when I, when I go out to eat. And I'm a very simple man. I want the world's most popular product of soda. Uh, and if it's available, then uh, I'm a happy man. So Jeff, All that's left to top this is you at the mall in Christmas time in a busy line and you get pulled aside to like a special cash register to cash out, right? Oh, that would be so amazing. And if you think I'm beneath that, I am not. Like, I'm just saying this is all coming up, Tim. I'm happy you guys had a great night. That's awesome. It was great to see uh, you getting taken care of by Adam. I mean, he's getting taken care of when he goes out to eat. He's getting taken care of when he goes to the Nordic Spa. Just everything is, is coming Stop up it. cussed so far right now. Do you have anything to add, Patrick, to the evening? Yeah, no, I, I had a great time. Thanks, Adam, for getting us some free dessert. That was really nice. Yeah, uh, that but, was great, too. But we also, Jeff, uh, I, I don't know, in one of the pictures, you can see the pizza that I ordered for Tim and I. It was a goat cheese chorizo pizza. And I thought that Tim would just see it and, like, recoil in horror. But I think he actually liked it. I think he's turning turning the tables and maybe it could be better than Papa John's. No, let's not go crazy. It, it's not Papa John's or Pizza Hut, but was it delicious? <laughs> yes, it was delicious. And I, I liked that thin crust style approach. It was very tasty. It had the goat cheese and it had the chorizo. And I think it, I don't know what else it had. It was, it was very tasty. I liked the sauce. Uh, I, I thought it was a very delicious pizza. I'm not one to usually get pizza at restaurants when I go out. It's just, I'm usually more of a go to a pizza place or a pizza chain sort of thing when I want pizza, but it was very tasty and uh, it, it was great. Again, the evening was great. The ambiance was great. Uh, it was a really fun, uh, fun evening. Also, Jeff, uh, Tim and I, I've been trying to bring Tim to as many restaurants as I can. So like we, I went out with Tim and a few friends, like my wife and I will go out. Tim will come with a few other of our friends as well. So we went to a nice steak place a few weeks ago and then dessert was coming out. So Jeff, I feel like you have experienced this before. So let me set the situation here for you. They come out with you know a little, you know, what looks to be a marshmallow, at least that's what Tim thinks it is, in a little bowl. And then they come over and hydrate said little marshmallow to turn it into a napkin. I assume you're familiar with this. I've got to admit, I've never seen this, um, this, um, Bio biology napkin. Yeah, they put this square in a little bowl, looking like sort of like a finger bowl, and they pour water over top of it, and it expands. 
yes, it's a dehydrated napkin, and that's how they hydrate them. It's just for sure. Was the whole restaurant like these dehydrated sort of? No, it, 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 it was only at dessert. Like when you're serving dessert, they come out and they do that because they bring you new utensils. They bring you a new napkin. This is what they do. It's just part of the show kind of thing. I've seen it a few times at places that I've been out at. Tim, though, like you, I guess, had never seen it before. And the look on him, Tim, can you describe your feeling when this happened? I was bewildered. I was beguiled. I was completely confused. I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know if we were like being served a marshmallow as like a palate cleanser before dessert. I didn't know what was going on. I was just very, very confused. And then as the water expanded, it was like, oh, it's like when I was a kid and you had those dinosaurs and like you poured water on them and they like expanded. Like that's essentially what it was. It was very cool, but also very strange and Yes, very, very elitist to us. So this sort of reminds, although I wasn't there, this does sort of sound like the first time Tim encountered like Alexa or Siri, bewildered and what is going on? No, he he was scared of Alexa when we went out with him that night. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, look, I, I would be the first to say I have a penchant for being concerned about like things I've never seen before, like just happening in front of me that I'm just not aware of. And this was one of them. I was just like agape. Uh, my mouth was wide open. I just had never seen a, like someone use a napkin in that way. And it was like very strange. It was just like the time that you tried to hassle the street magician about not doing a regulation shuffle that he shoved. Well, he right, wasn't shoved your card right in his face. I thought he was trying to play a trick on me. So I was like, oh, that's not even a regulation shuffle. I thought he had his, the card boxed. I mean, he probably did. He's a street magician. Anyway, it's uh, I felt like. Remember when Larry wanted that kid to tell him how the trick was done and he wouldn't do it? <laughs> that that was how you felt about it? I just enjoyed that everyone else at our table just thought it was hilarious, just the look on your face. <laughs> that would be my impression of your face. In this. Since we can't yeah, see... Yeah, I, 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 I would say that that's probably... I mean, I can't say what my face looked like because I can't see my own face, but I would say that that's probably a pretty fair rendition. I was just... I was shocked. Well... Jeff, speaking of palate cleansers before, like, the big meal or before a dessert to get something out of your mouth, were the Chargers and Jets actually the undercard to Miami at New England, minus three to kick off the late slate of games, 43 and a half? Because as we know, there are no two bigger Tua haters in the world than Cust and you. No. D-Box is yours, Jeff. I I disagree with... um... I ran a hard two. I ran a hard two hundred meters. I'm gassed. I wish him luck. I don't think they want him there as their long term solution. I think a very funny thing happened this week, and people can tell me I'm wrong or I missed something. Flores told the team Tua was our guy. He did not tell the media, and then Tua goes up to the media and says, "I'm really encouraged that Flores." Uh, made it public that I'm the guy. No, we didn't really make it public. Uh, Dolphin fans have nothing to worry about, though. Two is either going to be good or they're going to get Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers, or this new millennia of quarterback movement that is upon us. Dolphins are in great shape. Forgetting that topic, this is my most anticipated game of week one. I am just outside of the Chargers and their interests. What is going on in the AFC East right now has me as entertained as anything in the league from like Allen to them, these next three quarterbacks that are all um, first and second year players. It is truly 
it is truly fascinating. And yeah, I'm in this hub of Northeast football where I don't know, there's more attention on, on these teams where I am located per se. Uh, I'm super fired up for it. This is a game the Bama bowl. I haven't even made a comment on how I think this game is going to go. I, I am. This is the game. I am looking absolutely forward to more than anything that doesn't involve a lightning bolt. And Tua can play great. Uh, whatever. That's good for him. They brought him weapons. They brought in a line. They got him a camp. I don't know. Not everyone's going to win, you know, I- instantly. Uh, but I still think they're very, you know, I, I don't know. They're things. I don't think I said anything factually incorrect. It feels like you flip-flop because you can't take the heat Herbert, from Dolphins fans. If they had Justin Herbert, they would be competing for a Super Bowl today. I don't think you can compare my hate and Tim's hate. I honestly don't. But I'm insane. And I don't think you compare compare my insanity to Tim's insanity. Because I can, like, admit things. Like, I can admit I've already seen Tua look better in the preseason than he did last year. Tim forbids to admit that. That's oh, weird. I won't hear it. I won't hear That's it. That's just like me saying, I know I'm crazy. Well, Tim's saying I'm totally normal and how I act is normal. Three things on this. One, play in the Lester's League. That's in the description. Two, play in that 7-Eleven props contest up at prizepicks.com. Use code MMN to make that deposit to play against me, Jeff, and Tim. Number three, Tim, is Jeff's flip-flop because he's not able to handle Dolphins fans coming at him anymore? No, yeah, what do you I mean, mean flip-flop? I don't like to. I don't like the Dolphins, but I am being real. Like, I don't think Tua is going to be great, but I think he deserves this season. Just like I said at the end of the last one, he deserves this chance. He deserves this chance with the draft pick and Fuller and, and just a year. He absolutely, you can't not draft a guy fifth overall and not think he deserves this opportunity. I mean, look, he's flip-flopping on Tampa Dallas. He's flip-flopping on two. He might as well change the name of the new show to John Kerry Bolt. I'm picking New England. I picked, uh, you got, whatever. Tua, be good, be bad. He was for Tua not before the he answer in Miami. How about this? Tua will not be the quarterback in Miami in like three years. Well, yeah, but that's like saying the sun is going to rise in the east tomorrow morning. Like that just if that makes me fact. anti-Tua, then that that's fine. I just think Miami as a team need, is going to be looking for something better for where that team is. When they drafted Tua, they didn't realize how far along their rebuild they were. They did not. The worst thing, the worst thing that can happen to Miami is Tua being okay and them winning like 12 games as opposed to him being bad and them just getting Deshaun Watson. All fair points. Look, the Patriots defense is fully back. Uh, Belichick has been able to. That's not true. There there is no Gilmore. Fair enough. There is no Gilmore. But I'm talking about the guys. Their best player. Yes, who missed the season because of uh, the the coronavirus precautions? I mean, uh, they've got they've been spending months diagramming for this game in division. Foxborough has fans again. That place will be raucous. The Dolphins are going to be in a world of hurt. I absolutely love New England in this game. Uh, I think Mac Jones should be able to rip the Dolphins apart. We'll see how great Xavier Howard does 
uh, against uh, Mac Jones. I, I'm dubious. Oh. I, I think the Hold Patriots should be. Hold on one second. What happened to the Patriots selecting Mac Jones was just taking bundles of money and throwing it into a fire? Jones has played much better than I expected him to play. And I'm not afraid to admit when I was wrong about something. What about when you saw Tua play in the preseason? <laughs> you mean when he was throwing terrible interceptions? But in you're allowed season? to admit that Mac Jones isn't as bad as you, but I'm not allowed to say Tua deserves year two healthier and with new weapons. Oh, listen, if that's the position you want to take, fine. I mean, I, I, I he think deserves the season. Yeah, no. like there's no debating that he deserves this opportunity healthier and with new I weapons. Know, well, first, I don't think he deserves it. If the team is like two and two or three and two and he's playing terribly. Uh, Sorry, this, the, the, the equity the team has invested in him, like they owe it to everything that they've put into it to see what is there before they cut bait. Okay. If that means uh, me yeah. they deserve to see what's actually there. Um, okay. it, that's a weird notion, but okay. All right, we, we don't need to re reinvent the wheel here. I I I, I think the, the Patriots are clearly the better team in the game. They're at home. I trust Belichick. I think that the Patriots uh, rip the Dolphins apart. I, I honestly think the Dolphins may tr- may struggle to score. I, I'm going to take the uh, the Patriots on the money line as well. They're the end of no no they're not the end of the money line parlay, but they're the fourth end of the money line parlay. So it's a round of New England. The coin cost and Jeff that leaves me. I'm going to take the Dolphins, plus three here. I think that they are the better team at the moment. I don't know anything about Mac Jones. Just penciling him in is like, oh my God, Mac Jones is going to be great. Are you kidding me? I think that the Dolphins' defense is very good. I think that they have an offensive system, at least with Tua in place. Now that's geared around him, that should be much improved from last year. No, there is no Fuller in this game, but I think that the most significant part of this game that is not happening is going to be Gilmore not being on the other side of the ball. That this is going to be a lower scoring type game. And if it's going to be a lower scoring type game, I'm just going to side with the points. I'll take the plus three in Miami. I do think that two yeah, but- is going to be somewhat improved this year. And I'm not just buying into Mac Jones out of the gate. Awesome. Like that just doesn't strike me as something that's going yeah, to happen. No more injury matters against a team with a quarterback. who can throw the ball down the field. That doesn't mm-hmm. apply here. I mean, I saw him throw the field down against the chiefs last year. Pretty well. Yeah, yeah, so great. Did Miami win that game? Oh, no, they lost. So I have my hold hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. When we when the Jets lose by like 20 points this year, is that the same excuse you're going to make? Because this is the same excuse you made for Darnold and losses. Oh, my God, look how good he looked. But if Tua doesn't win a game, he looks bad. You're trying to make the case for the Dolphins to win the game and be the better team. Yeah, they're saying that he did well in a game that he lost. Like, I'm better quarter, I, I think better quarterback. Better defense. I just think that the Dolphins might have the better coach right now, too. Yeah, I don't know, you I, should, I don't know yeah, where Belichick's okay. at. Okay, sure. Go ahead. Say say whatever you want. I'm all in with the Patriots this season. As much as I hate that franchise, I'm all in with the Patriots, and I think they're going to win this game uh, pretty comfortably. It's going to be a great game. I'm really looking forward to the game. I'm looking forward to drafting my home league in a couple hours and drafting Mike Gusecki because Tua just feeds him the ball. And if Tua throws interceptions trying to get Gusecki the ball, I don't lose points for it. I like, I think Pat made a lot of good points. I think they're going to have a very organized system. They had Chan Gailey last year. Like they're going to tailor this thing to Tua. They probably, in hindsight, they did Tua zero favors by bringing him in, by forcing an issue. Um, and then we saw him look uncomfortable and they continued 
to try to force his comfortability when he clearly didn't even have a full understanding of the playbook. If he has a full understanding of a playbook and an offense that is geared to his skills, this is an opportunity that he deserves to show what he has. The Dolphins have an out and they're very lucky and it's all that capital. That being said, there's one level of alternate universe that See, I'm going to say this, and you guys are going to turn this into more. But this wasn't even brought to my attention. Or sorry, this wasn't even from the German my brain, because those are ugly ones. This was from a friend of mine who is a Dolphin fan, who said this to me. Nobody in football is talking about the scenario. And he said this to me, and I'm like, oh, my God, the Dolphins would be the greatest team ever. It is so realistic. Like the fingernail situation that would have these two players as dolphins, I think they'd never lose again. Justin Herbert and Kyle Pitts. Imagine this Dolphins team with those two freaking players. I would have picked them to win the Super Bowl. They traded out of but well, they picked two and then they traded out of Pitts. Like, I can't, I, I'm like, oh my God, the AFC is so lucky. Yes, the Dolphins an are AFC still great. Fan, I'm delighted. And they got a great dolphins foundation, yeah. but they don't have Herbert and Kyle Pitts. And they should have. Exactly. That's very well put. I agree with you completely. And that didn't even come from my brain. That came from the brain of a Dolphin fan. Further mismanagement of the equity that the Dolphins acquired from having struggling seasons. You hate to see it. I don't. They're going over their win total, though. Yeah. And they're probably, they have a chance to rival Buffalo up here in this division. If New England does take a little bit of a, it just remains about where they were last year. If Mac Jones isn't all that great. We'll see. But. I don't wish this upon you, Jeff, but what if Justin Herbert's just not good in year two? It happens. Listen, it happens. You are absolutely right. You are absolutely right. It happens. But 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 just just listen. Just look at your eyeball. You saw things from him that you saw from the the special ones. Like you saw it. You're just eyeballs. What he can do, the arm strength, the accuracy, the effortless mobility the effortless accuracy, everything seemed effortless. He did things that literally looked, I don't even want to say the names, but you look at what, not only statistically, but eyeball-wise, you guys have watched this league a long time. You do what you want with the information. You've watched it. You've watched it. You've watched rookie quarterbacks a long time. You have. His leg didn't fall off like RG3. So what's going to happen? Because he looked like every great rookie quarterback ever who went on to have really good careers. Could he have a regression statistically, but still be a better quarterback? Sure, that's fine. But I have, I have, I, I saw my, my doubts are are limited. This is a a a dean's list biology major, fully vaccinated. Um, he he knows what's up. He's a bright guy looking to learn with effortless talents. Effortless talent. Yeah. Can't it's like lead. saying, look, Derek, can't lead. You're... Can't lead. Just instructing his teammates how to park and where to put the shopping cart back, and not just leave it stray in a parking lot. Can't lead. Listen, I just like it's like saying, oh, Derek Jeter batted 300 as a rookie of the year, but maybe he's going to bat 220. Stop. <laughs> Because that's what we're Derek Jeter. Yeah, like I think. Stop. Trump, I think that's where we're at here. Maybe not five or six championships, but uh, talent-wise, I'm done.
Just where's the noose? <laughs> Let's move on. Cleveland at Kansas City. Coming off the Super Bowl loss, the Chiefs are still favored by six points at home. It's funny that we call New England and uh, Miami sort of like the game we're most interested in. There's two like pretty fascinating games, and this one's like a legit marquee game. This I assume this is America's game of the week. Uh, 53 is the over-under. I'm torn here because I feel like the majority of people, like myself, just look at it. It's like, hey, it's six points. These teams played pretty close in the in the playoffs last season. In the was it, was it the divisional game uh, where the Chiefs ended up pulling it out? But it just feels like a lot of people are going to take the Browns and the points. And Kansas City, I think, wants to make a statement week one here. Just like, remember when you saw us last and we looked so horrible? Well, we fixed that. And we have an offense line now that can actually block someone, which means Patrick Mahomes is going to have time. He was playing in the preseason and he was looking good for absolutely no reason. I just think this team is going to gel right away. Everyone is healthy on this team at the moment. And I think they want to come out and shit kick the Browns. So I'm going to take Kansas City minus six, Jeff. Uh, it's a shame this game's at the same time as the Dolphin Patriot game. I wish that, well, you know what? I'm actually happy that the Chargers game isn't at the same time as either of these games. So I'm happy. Uh, America's game of the week is Fox. So I think that's Saints Packers, but I agree with you, Pat. This is, uh, I assume, Nance, Romo, and, and the gang. You said something that hit me. If you think the Chiefs want to prove something, they're going to win and they're going to cover. That's honestly what you have to, and because it's week one, I got caught, and I've said this a few times, in that spot week three last year where I didn't think the Chiefs wanted to prove anything versus Baltimore. And, oh, my God, it was over fast. My pockets were empty. I don't want to make that mistake here. It's the Chiefs are no bet. I wouldn't be shocked if the Browns won. I really won't. I'm so high on them this year. But the Chiefs with something to prove is a trade I ain't stepping in front of. So, Casey for me, Casey for you, Cleveland has the coin. Are you tailing the coin on this one, Tim? No, I'm making the Chiefs the last part of the money line, or the, sorry, the free money teaser. And uh, I love the Chiefs in this game. I, I like, yeah, the playoff game was close last year, but Mahomes didn't play half of the game. So, of course, it was close. Uh, like Jeff said, I think the Browns want, or so the Chiefs want to put on a show early in the year. And at Arrowhead, this is a prime opportunity to do so. Yeah. Although I don't mind some of the Browns' options for DFS. For example, I think uh, Odell Beckham is a really nice DFS play this week, should he play. But uh, I'm going to go with Kansas City here. I think this could be a rematch at the end of January. But I'm going to. You picked that. Yeah. So I, yeah, documented. This is my AFC title game. We're getting it. We're getting it week one. So I'm super excited to watch it. Why are you teasing the Chiefs down to a pick them, but not throwing them on the money line parlay? Because. I'm not so confident that they're going to win. But you tease them happen. to you tease them to a pick and put it on a teaser, which means they would have to win. Just a lot of value there. I'd like to have them at pick. I'm, I I feel like they they should win that ball game for sure. But maybe they only win by three. Maybe they only. I, I, I don't. Yeah. Know. So what if they only win by three? Then they still cash your money line parlay. I have to be rock solid sure they're going to win the football. But it's game. the same fucking pick. Kansas City pick them is the same as a money line. I am staying with what I am staying with. You don't really think these things through, do you? I do, actually. I worked hard to construct both this teaser and Parley, and I'm very happy with how they look. Tim's been messaging me for a couple days on how much he likes the card, I feel. Yes, I do. 
when Jeff and I aren't talking about Tua in our DM thread, we are we talking. Don't, I don't even know the last, the last time we spoke about Tua, I tried to give a compliment that he looked more mobile and you just wanted to have no part of it. That is true. That, that, that is a true. Like story. you did not even want to acknowledge that his lateral movement looked better. That's even if true. the throw didn't, the lateral movement in the pocket looked so much better than what we saw last it year. It was such a pretty interception, I agree. <laughs> Green Bay at New Orleans. I guess, yes, this would be the Fox America's game of the week. The Saints are four-point dogs. Where are they playing this game? Jacksonville. This is in Jacksonville, so it's outdoors. Correct. Okay. 50 is the over-under right now. This is... I don't know what this Saints team's like for years. It was like, oh my God, Drew Brees can't play outdoors and their record is bad. And then it turns out it wasn't that the Saints record outdoors was like still fine. And the offensive line still quite good. And this team doesn't have a ton of depth. But I think a lot has been said where you know, Brees wasn't good last year and this team still made the playoffs and still almost beat Tampa Bay in the play, beat the Super Bowl champions twice last season, almost beat them again in the playoffs. If it wasn't for like a really wonky fumble and then all of a sudden we could be talking about the Saints in this situation. Jameis, to me, feels like he's going to be an upgrade until they start losing pieces on either line or in the secondary. Yes, the wide receivers have been diminished, but I don't think that matters like to the end of time <laughs> with Jameis Winston. He's just going to chuck it, and you still have a healthy Elvin Kamara in the backfield. I like the Saints to cover, plus four. What was this early spread in the Superdome? I don't think they had one. No, they didn't for most of the year. What do you the mean? There had to be one. No, 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 because the Rodgers situation wasn't resolved, and by the time it yeah. was resolved, they didn't know what the hell was going on with the Saints. Yeah, they, so, know, yeah, they, they didn't the have the... Was gonna be. Yeah, they didn't have the early week one advance line. But I like would treat lot. this like it's a neutral site game and this is a neutral site line. I like, I think this move is, it's easy to say. I do think it's going to have really negative impacts on the Saints. I'm one of those weirdos that are now scared of of Saints and, and drafting Saints. And, and the positivity I had for the Saints is kind of cool. By positivity, I mean, I don't think the drop off is going to be as significant as people are talking about, because to pass point, Breeze wasn't great. And I have always been a raw, raw Jameis guy. Like that's just been something I've, I've been. And that was humbling last year or his final moments in Tampa. Uh, so I'm going to take the saints here uh, out of the gate. I think they could get this one, but I don't like, I'm not probably going to take them at any more of these uh, neutral site, non home games. I think, um, I'm not, I'm not inventing the wheel. I think this is going to have a horrible effect on they're not season. scheduled to play another home game till week four, which is October 3rd. So well, that's good for them. That that's, that's by that better. point, Louisiana is in a condition where they can play. Uh, I hope so. Me too. I'm with you guys. I think the Packers win by three. Therefore, I believe New Orleans covers the number. Did, did you take New Orleans or Green Bay, Jeff? I took New Orleans. Okay, so rounded the coin is on Green Bay. Are we doing this thing where we're not picking Green Bay again and they just cover like 13 games this year? Well, as you know, I'm sort of down on Green Bay this season, so that sort of makes sense. And, you know, it's a, it's a neutral site game, so I don't give Green Bay any particular advantages. And I like Jameis, too. I've always been a, a, a big fan of Jameis as a football player, so I'm going with the Saints here, too. How many passes cover. does Jameis – how many pass attempts before the first interception? Four? I don't know. That's a good question. I, I, I would say 10. 
Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't know. The Packers, two years ago, I was so mean to them, and they kept winning, and they went all the way to that NFC title game. And then last year, we like in the offseason, we're like, oh, they definitely overachieved last year. Some regression has to come into play. But two years ago, they won, and it felt fluky. Last year, they were winning, feeling dominant, like dominating first downs, dominating third down, dominating turnover battles. Things that they like, despite them getting to two NFC championships, the roads of the two felt very different. Very true. That Tennessee game they played last year in the snow where they went up by like a thousand points, like just felt like a complete domination of a really good team. I have the Packers going to the Super Bowl from our NFC win total show. So I think that they're going to be fine. I just think, like like you said, win this game by three. It's just going to, I feel like this is going to be closer and. That's just the way I'm leaning. The last of the late slate games, Denver at the Giants. This game has had the biggest movement on it from its opening line without anything really significant happening outside of Teddy starting at quarterback for the Broncos over Drew Locke. But that didn't even really change the spread all that much. It's just the sentiment towards the Giants as the preseason has gone along has just completely flipped. Everyone thinks that they're a dumpster fire. No one is healthy in the receiving core. It looks like Evan Ingram is now not going to play in this game. At least that's what the report is right now. I have no idea where Hunky Tone or Kenny Galladay stand in terms of their health. Slayton got banged up in the last preseason game. There's been no update on him. It does seem like maybe they were playing a bit coy with Saquon, and maybe he does have a bigger load in week one than maybe that we were thinking. But also, at the same time, that could not be true. And then you have Daniel Jones, who just looked like a train wreck, where the Broncos... I we we I can't remember. Did we record the AFC win total show before or after Locke uh, was ousted and Teddy B was the starter? I can't before. recall. I, I was against them either way, but I certainly I think I would have been less against. I'm still against after, them. after after after. I still think that I still think the Giants win and cover this game. To be fair, okay. I I just think that the Broncos are better off as a team in trying to win games with Teddy Bridgewater. I, I would agree with that. Fewer turnovers, more efficiency. Uh, it, it's almost like that Ryan Fitzpatrick thing. Like if, if Fitzpatrick doesn't turn the ball over, that's who Washington probably should have traded for, by the way, is Teddy Bridgewater. He would be such a good fit for what that team wants to do, uh, where you could have the volatility of someone like Ryan Fitzpatrick who could turn just back into bad season, Ryan Fitzpatrick all of a sudden. And just the stability that they bring. I think the defense is going to be pretty good. I'm not sure what's going on with the offensive line for the giants, but I know that between Chubb and now returning Vaughn Miller is that, Almost like the Chargers defense, the Broncos defense, and with Sertain coming in through the draft, it could be really good. And they're going to get after the quarterback. So unless Barkley just absolutely dices them up or Daniel Jones has one of these crazy runs and doesn't trip over the 20-yard line, that the issue is, is like this opened like minus one and a half for the Giants. And now it's plus three Giants. And it's all just bad vibes and negativity from the press, which you would expect from the New York press if everything isn't going their way. So I don't think that there's a ton of value on this game to actually bet it. I'll take the Broncos minus three on the road, but it does feel like the right side now is the Giants, Jeff. Um, okay, you mentioned it. There's like the stank here. I mentioned it with India. I mentioned it with Minnesota. These would be the three teams. The Giants probably more stank than all of them. I'm betting all three stank I'm picking all three stank public teams week one um, just because that being said, I'm starting to get fearful of, of Denver. I'm seeing a lot of great stuff coming out of Denver. Um, 
outside of the fact that they're running back to start the game will probably fumble um, <laughs> and hopefully bad things can happen to him. People are really high on them. People are picking Denver to take a playoff spot that I believe should belong to the Chargers um, or take that second spot in the AFC that a lot of people two months ago, three months ago, were like, no, for sure the Chargers. Denver gaining a lot of a lot of steam, and I agree with a lot of it. And the quarterback move, well, as a Bronco, I mean, it's like you, part of me would say I'd rather win three games and no lock is horrible than just do this like one and a half touchdown passes a game with Teddy. But home field advantage and defense and Fangio, I get it. I get the move. I'm still taking the Giants week one at home um, with this line movement because of the stank. Sunday night, the coin also took Denver along with me. Sunday night, minus seven and a half. The Rams are favored at home against the Bears starting Andy Dalton. 42, or sorry, 43 and a half is the over-under in this game. It's actually gone up, which I was really surprised about because, you know, it's Andy Dalton and the Bears. I guess they think the Rams are just going to score so many points. Matt Stafford, pretty familiar with this defense and how it's currently constructed. It's been my contention this entire time is that Justin Fields is going to start week two and Andy Dalton is only starting this game so he can be fed to the Lions. That is this healthy Rams defense that are just going to turn his world upside down. There is no offensive line to block for him. I'm taking the Rams minus seven and a half. And the only reason that I would be fearful of this is that when everyone loses their money all day long, they're going to come in Jeff and they're going to bet the Rams minus seven and a half, but I don't care. I'm going to take it now. This is going to be nine and a half by kickoff or more. I, I agree. This is a very popular suicide play. Um, this is listen, the Rams are like an all 22. They are an all 22. By that, I mean, this is a 22-man roster. But and their coach what? can name 22 players on the other team. That's true. <laughs> Thank you. Um, that being said, I'm not as high on the Rams as a lot of people are for the season. They're going to, in my opinion, just wax. Just wax them. And you're right. If this line just moves and it's just public, everyone trying to get those week one losses, I might be scared. But I'll have a ticket, money line spreads. I'll have a lot of tickets ending on this game, I feel. Teasers, every Yeah, my week will come here. So and I think the Rams train them. So you think it's uh, you're taking the minus seven and a half as well? Yeah, I think it's a big number, and I agree with you. I think this thing does not get smaller. I'd be worried if it didn't get smaller, to be perfectly honest with you. <laughs> like, if it didn't get bigger, if it was, like, for some reason dropped to seven, what the fuck is going on? Oh, here? that would be a bad sign. <laughs> that, I might even think about trying to middle it. That would scare the shit out of me. I'm, I'm weak like that. That would be a horrible sign for me. So, Rams for me, Rams for Jeff, Rams for the coin. Tim, you got an outlier take here. You big on Andy. No, I like the Rams here. I'm the Rams, the last part of the money line, uh, or sorry, the free money teaser. There's just nothing to like about the Chicago situation right now. I actually feel bad for NBC that this is the game they, of all the great games on the schedule this week, this is the one they're putting on Sunday night. I mean, I guess it's to have fans for the first time in SoFi Stadium, but like, I don't know. Just have, there's, there's so many really interesting and intriguing games this week. And this, this one just The isn't. two new stadiums got the two primetime games. Uh, I mean, I get it. I understand, I guess, the logic behind it, but like, it's also not new because it was open last year and you could have them in week three and what's the difference or week two and what's the difference. Uh, 
it's not a great Sunday night game. It's really for what seems to be like a really fun and intriguing week one. It's sort of like a disappointing dessert at the end of a great meal. Uh, but it's intriguing because we all want to see Stafford with this coach. And we all are like Chicago's just like to the NFL fan base. They're like a new whipping boy. They're like a whipping boy of like just generic NFL fans. Okay, right. Like you would think nothing Rams in the first quarter. And then it's time to go to bed. Because you know that Andy great. Dawson can't bring them back. <laughs> Sounds great. Yeah. Yeah. We get, Ideal. Do we, do, we, do we stick around? Because maybe we see fields in the fourth quarter if this gets out of hand. I, w- I mean, I wouldn't. I, if it's, you know, 17-0 in the second quarter, I'm I'm going to bed. I, I, I don't need to stay up that late. Like, that's where this is. So, I, yeah. So, give me the Rams here. I, I would be very, very surprised if the Bears pulled this game off. But, I mean... I wouldn't put it past anybody. I mean, the Bears were a playoff team, and crazier things have happened, I suppose. Monday Nighter. Baltimore at Vegas. Vegas is a four-point dog at home. 51 is the over-under. Of, like, the primetime games where people might get waxed trying to bet on an island, I think this might be the one. I think the Raiders might catch the Ravens in week one. It doesn't feel like it's that fair on paper, but... I, I, there's something about the Raiders playing in Vegas with fans for the first time. I feel like we've seen this before, Tim, where I feel like the Vegas did this last year to the Saints, didn't they? At one point in a Monday night game where they just caught them completely off guard and beat them. Yeah, I believe it was week two or week three that th- th- this happened. <clears throat> but I don't anticipate that to happen here. I, I adore. I mean, obviously, Baltimore's my pick to win the Super Bowl. I love everything about this team. I just don't see the defense that the Raiders rolling out there being able to scheme and plan to stop Lamar and what he's capable of. I just, the Raiders don't have the players to stop it. They don't have the defensive agility uh, in game plan to stop it. And Derek Carr is fine, but I don't see the Raiders offense as one that can, you know, put up enough points to compete. I think, you know, we'll, we'll see what the crowd is like. In Las Vegas, I suspect it's going to be more corporate and uh, not as like rabid as it was in the black hole. So I, I, I think that that will be an interesting factor too. I like Baltimore to win the game. I like Baltimore to, to, to keep, take care of business on Monday night. I went and looked at the Cuss Corner from that was released on Monday that we did, Cuss Corner 35. Available now. Subscribe to the Cuss Corner audio podcast feed too. And there is a bu- there are a bunch of bots in the comment section just talking about this one guy who trades in cryptocurrency. Now everyone should follow him and he makes everyone money. So I need to get Matt Best to go block all these people from the channel. It's weird. That's I can it. go here. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> if this was Sunday at one o'clock, this would be my super lock. This would be a huge bet. And I'm still tempted to do it. I, there is a talent mismatch. Baltimore, we always talk about beats up on bad teams. I think the Raiders are a bad team. I really do. Um, I, 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 they're under seven is one of my favorite preseason win totals of, of the year. I agree with Tim in the sense that I don't know how like rabid, especially this game, this Vegas crowd um, is going to be. This is, I think, going to be a very corporate crowd. As we get further into life and football in Vegas, I think that can change. But everybody that can afford and paid the big money for the tickets and all the high rollers that, you know, are prop, uh, that's who's at this game, in my opinion. 
Um, so I'm not really worried about this fever pitch atmosphere, despite the ambiance on TV will look amazing. That stadium looks like a spaceship. It's going to look magical. This could be my super look. Like, I love it so much. The only credence I can give the Raiders in this game is that it's a Monday night game in a new building. That's the only chance they have. As far as, far as I'm concerned. So me and the coin are going with Gangsta's Paradise by Coolio featuring LV as our pick. And you guys have Baltimore going through it. I just, this game stinks to me. So I'm going to take the home dog. Going to take, I took a lot of dogs this week. And it's not the 1030 Monday night football game anymore. Thank God that's gone. Cause that game got fishy. This one I feel could be less fishy. I do like that. There's only the one I know people always said they liked the Monday night doubleheader. I hated it so much, but I think that's just being an East coast thing. Hated it. Hated that. Like the chargers got it at least probably 38% of its existence and having to be the last person to watch his team kick off, having to lose at two in the morning is never fun. Everything about it. I hated. All right. Well, let's get to the super locks of the week. I think that's the order that we used to do this in. So Tim, who is your super lock for week one? I am going to take the New England Patriots. New England minus three at home is your super lock. Jeffrey, who is your super lock? Yeah, man, me and Tim are really on the same page here. You guys, you guys, you're up to something. Uh, My super lock is going to be screw it. I'm stepping in front of the train. A Monday night road team. Baltimore, four points. Baltimore minus four on the road at Vegas. For me, I was actually thinking about the Jets. I was thinking about Philly. I was thinking about Seattle, I think. And just that Jacksonville-Houston game, that if I'm just right about Houston and they're god-awful, that Jacksonville just beats the crap out of them. I'm going to go with Seattle on the road as two-point favorites. I just think less than a field goal with Seattle is... I just trust Seattle so much coming down the stretch in these games. Watch them win by like a point because that's something Seattle would do. But if they need to get the two, I trust Russell Wilson to do it. If they need to make the 47-yard field goal to win this game by and it's tied, I trust Seattle to do that. And I don't know where the Colts are at right now. It looks like Wentz is going to play, but I don't even know how good Wentz is at the moment. So I'm going to go with Seattle as my super lock. But we'll have the full bets and everything like that on Friday show. That's why I want to get the new Friday show. Jeff, are you going to tune into the Friday show with Cam and Pizzola? Yeah, that's uh, that's a lot of deja vu for me. I'll I'll be I'll be taking that show in. I like that a lot. Those are that is a a mix that is very near and dear to my heart, uh, both on air and off air. I have spent a lot of time in news pits with all three of you, um, and I'm a huge fan of all three of you. And I'm like just interested in watching. I don't know, maybe you yell at Cam or Pozzola is also good at yelling at Cam at Cam, too. So I don't know. I'm excited for that dynamic a lot. But that's more like personal than info based. Like it probably is for other people. That's probably true. Survivor picks since we're all still available. Jeff, I'm taking the Rams. I'm joining you. Okay, Tim. So I'm torn. I have both the Buccaneers and the Rams on my free money parlay. So it's got to be one of the two. And I am going to go with the Rams as well. And while I'm terrible at a lot of things, the people should know that one year on this show, I had the perfect 
survivor season went 17 and 0 so it can be done and so don't be afraid to follow my uh, my survivor picks i guess how did you actually do in survivor that year and picks that you actually put in and made in a league i think i misclicked one week oh, in our yeah. league yeah, but all that, that matters that, that's on the show happened. every week it was documented my pick and, and ha- i went seven that that is true and how have you done on the show in years since that happened Last year, I got to week 11 or 10, but before that, a couple of years previous, it was week one exits, two in a row. Yeah, yeah. And I navigated pretty deep last year. Just know most of you would have won a couple thousand bucks had you won your survivor pool while Tim won zero. <laughs> but I got credit, and that's what I care about. So hit him with the free- must be so rich, you can just take the credit. No, but just credit matters a lot to me. Well, let's see if you can get some credit here. I'm actually trying to find this. Give us your free money, both Moneyline and Teaser for this week, because you got two of them, and I'll try to find your lifetime record. I have it jotted down somewhere. So the free money, Moneyline parlay for this week is the Buccaneers, the Bills, the uh, Vikings, Vikings, the Rams, and the Patriots. Oh, I didn't know the Rams were on, so so it's five teams? Five teams. Bet the farm, win just under four and a half farms. So it's plus what? Plus four? 445. All right, plus 445. And your six-team teaser this week. Five-team teaser. Five-team teaser. Six-point, five-team teaser. Yeah, six-point, five-team teaser. Tampa Bay, New York Jets, Buffalo Bills, 49ers, Chiefs. Bet the farm, win four farms. Okay, because before you said you put the Rams on your teaser, but it was actually your I money misspoke line. that. I did. I I, I misspoke because right? I had told you when I gave the uh, the Chiefs pick that was closing out the teaser. No, the Rams are on the money line parlay, not the teaser. Okay, so Tim, on your free money plays last year, you had a year best ever on them. You were three and sixteen, and that brought your lifetime record to nine and eighty three on your free money plays. Okay. I mean, I feel pretty good about this season and I have been known to give multiple winners in the same week. I did it a couple of years ago. I gave a Thanksgiving win and the Sunday win back to back. Tim, that, so happened, that, giving, that happened once four years ago. And that's the only so thing you ever bring up. Uh, if I, if I'm giving you two in a week, I think we got a good chance here. Now, let's uh, let's, let's get going. Now, Jeff, as you recall, the teaser that he gave out on that Thanksgiving day would have won regardless what he have picked every side hit on that teaser. Yeah, it was the double Thanksgiving teaser. And it, what are we, four years later, he still wants credit for it. It's quite it's quite remarkable, Pat. Well, that's where we are. And you can watch us every single Wednesday on Mayo Media Network. Subscribe to that so you can get to do a draw for $1,000. You can also leave and get all of like the ballots in the draw for the $1,000 giveaways. There's going to be like multiple like giveaways. I'll probably give you like 250 bucks each to, to all of the winners. But leave an Apple or subscribe to the Pat Mayo Experience on Apple Podcasts. Leave a five-star review, Twitter handle, email address, and something you like about the show when you are in that draw. Runthesims.com slash Mayo to get yourself a discount on all of the premium tools no one's going to be selling you picks, but you want to run 10,000 simulations of what you want to see in a game or what you think is going to happen. That's easy stuff. And the Mayo Media Network 7-Eleven props contest for the season. You got to get into it before week one. There's no Monday night game available. You just go to prizepicks.com. You make a five prop entry for the NFL. That is 
$7.11. That triggers it being in our contest. And you can go deposit right now at prizepicks.com using our link in the description. Or just go there and use code MMN and you'll get a match deposit of up to 100 bucks. So I hope that you come on, come along for the ride to face me, to face Paul. Maybe I'll even make some picks for the coin. You can get Jeff. And of course, it gives you a chance to beat Tim Undergust. Tim Undergust. That is not my name. Given that I won't be physically putting my picks in, will it count as like a quote unquote curse or not? I think yeah, we can Tim figure it out. Tim needs a proxy to play. Yeah, I like that some people have to play in the super contest because they can't be in Vegas to physically put in their picks that they need a proxy. <laughs> Tim can't figure out how to use the fucking internet. No, I can't. I'm, I'm awful at it. Bad at internet. Can uh, I just I, show I you how to do it? And you're like, oh, that's super easy. I press one button. The interface on prize picks is so easy. It's I so have trouble easy. using the Google. So, like, I'm just not good at internet. This is no. This is this is a known fact. Also, the Week One Pat Mayo Experience Listeners League on DraftKings three max entry. I got my three already in. There's around thirty five hundred spots left, so I would expect those to fill rather quickly. So go get your spot, reserve it right now if you don't want to go make your lineup. Uh, no rake, fifteen dollars to play. Lots of money up at the top in the flattest payout structure, like because there's no rake. So even if you just min cash, you double your money, which really makes it one of the best uh, of all of the GPP payouts that are available on DraftKings. So go do that. Go and use code DOP at DraftKings Sportsbook if you don't have that right now uh, to get you, know, you bet one dollar on any Week One game if you're a new customer and you get two hundred dollars in free bets probably something you should do fine bolt with jeff feinberg is going to be on the mayo media network but jeff what else you got going on this week uh not a whole lot pat i got my uh, fine bolt uh just with this malaise in in golf and we're just getting into week one so it's a bit of a turning of the page a bit but fine bolt and then wednesday night on ftn friday afternoon on on ftn so yeah another exciting week golf football all through the swing season from me I'll have golf back, but I'm in full-time football mode right now. So we'll have six NFL shows on the Pat Mayo Experience per week and one golf show, making bets, doing our DraftKings picks, as we always do. But I'll have more golf coverage up on Mayo Media Network from the Fantasy Golf DJs and the European Tour picks. It's a big week for the European Tour. It's their, one of their signature events. It's basically their Players' Championship, and it's isolated in the world of golf. So check out Tom and check out Sky if you want to go see that. This will be Wednesdays in season, or maybe be some Tuesday nights if enough people do it and I might just hide the link in the newsletter every Tuesday night if that comes out so you should probably go join the email list right now it's completely free to do and we don't spam you so we're good to go anyway football's back thank you all for watching I'll see you next time experience experience